0: Ladies and gentlemen, our next event of the evening is a one-fall match with a 60-minute time limit.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. I'd like to have right now where the big boys play. This is where the big boys play, huh? This is where the big boys play. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at place to be nation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world.
2: Well, hello, everyone. And we are back for part two of the Where the Big Boys Play special on the top 100 wrestlers. And Chad, it is top 40 time. Are you ready, my friend?
0: I'm excited, and uh, actually, you know, sometimes uh, to kind of pull back the curtain, when you hear stuff like, I haven't talked to you in a while, uh, that may be like five minutes after you just spoke to the person, but we actually did uh, do a break for a few days on this show.
2: We did, yeah. We, we genuinely, and we've come back refreshed, and I hope you can hear it, because I think we were getting tired by the end of the last
0: yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recording the last show i was kind of running a little bit out of steam i'd worked that day and so i'm uh, yeah. ready to go today but
2: thank you for all your comments as ever um you know uh, i think people have been interested to see our list and it's actually been interesting seeing other lists come out chad and seeing you know what sort of people are coming up time and time again in people's lists and have you been interested have you been taking any note
0: yeah i think um I mean, I think you'll see a lot of variety with the end list, and I'm kind of really intrigued by the final top 100 because I, I I don't really know. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are on my list that I know some people like, but I know a good many people that won't vote on, you know, just somebody like Chris Hero. I mean, I had him at number 50. But he's such a more like recent guy that I don't know if he'll make the overall top one hundred. So people like that, I'm interested to see where they end up slotted at.
2: So, yes, and uh, th- th- we cut it at top forty here. And I-, I know in this country every Sunday, uh, they always play the top forty chart hits. I know you guys have the Billboard top hundred, right? Um,
0: yeah, uh, <laughs> KCK some top forty is the yeah the big countdown. So
2: it's kind of got taken on like a musical thing. Um, which is quite interesting, because I keep on using the phrase the greatest hits candidate. That's become a new catchphrase of mine. Uh, but you kind of know what I mean by that, don't you? Like the, um, the greatest yeah, who, hits. Yeah, who
0: did you say that was for? Uh, Killer Khan?
2: Killer Khan's a great, yeah, single disc greatest yeah. hits. Uh, Killer Khan did not make my list, by the way. So, uh, yeah. no, no spoilers there. Um, shall we get in, uh, Chad? Uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, take... Uh, we're gonna slow down a little bit. So rather than going ten by ten, we're gonna take it four by four until we hit the top twenty, and then we're gonna slow right down and take it man by man. Okay. So Chad, why don't you give me your forty to thirty-seven?
0: And I'm I'm gonna go out of limb and say I think you'll have all four of these guys higher on your list. All right. Uh my number forty is Ricky Choshu. Thirty nine is Bret Hart, thirty-eight is John Cena and 37
2: is eddie guerrero you are correct chad all four of those guys are <laughs> higher on my list <laughs>
0: yeah, i figured okay all right
2: so here are my four uh makakota uh shinya hashimoto is 39. 38 is tushi anita and 37 is sergeant slaughter
0: Okay, so the only one that I had higher is Hashimoto.
2: Yeah, I figured that would be the and case. And I
0: had uh, I had the other three lower.
2: So all three of these guys were listed uh, on your list, Chad. Do you do you have anything particularly you want to say about um, Anita? He's an interesting guy. I, I I actually think he's a guy that not not everybody will rank for sure.
0: Yeah, I think um, and when I talked about a little bit about Necro Butcher. Um, and I don't need a forty-nine, so we're pretty close. Um, he's just someone, and again, he's been helped by me watching the '90s stuff. But FMW just kind of when I was getting into tape trading, it felt like a promotion of just you know where you where people would have leeches on their bodies and like these ridiculous stipulation matches, which is. Maybe sometimes kind of entertaining to watch if you're in a, a sadistic type of mood, but uh, I, I don't think in our eyes of what's good quality wrestling, it usually resonates. But if you actually watch a lot of the footage from MF, FMW in the 90s, you see they were a really successful promotion. Big and, crowd, big crowds. Yeah, and at the core of that was Onita who was treated as the ace pretty much from their start uh, up until at least the late 90s. And even then, he was still kind of a main attraction, even with the rise of Hayabusa and uh, some of the uh, younger talent, Mr. Ganesaki. And so he has just a lot of great performances, has a lot more psychology in his death matches than I think you would imagine.
2: Absolutely, yep.
0: Um, terrific charisma, so while it seems, I know it kind of seems like an odd pick just to see it here, I really think if you go through the footage and watch just how big of a deal he is there, I don't think, if if you watch all the 90s stuff, it's not to me absurd to see him in the same company the, as like Masawa or Hashimoto. The,
2: the guy had bags of charisma. Just bags yeah. of it. And like, The FMW presentation is really like, I don't know, you look at that and then I can't think of like, also think of like, you know, those Mick Foley black and white uh, promos he did with the, it was like, I don't know, he was pretty on the cutting edge of all of that sort of stuff as well, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're right, Chad, I watched this uh, three disc or three tape best of Anita, uh, Mm -hmm. which were well worn in trading circles, I'm sure. Uh, but I watched that uh, fairly recently, and I, I thought, you know, a lot of those matches stand up to me. I think, you know, they were doing crazy things that, like, I think there was actually a toning back in wrestling in general in the, in the you know, apart from those couple of kind of indie promotions in the naughties that kind of, you know, the ECW clones, most of them didn't do things as as wacky as FMW, I don't think.
0: You um. Know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they certainly had their garbage, but I, for some reason it makes sense, like in the Funko-Nita match, like that siren before yeah. the explosion, it's it's something that seems preposterous on the surface level, but actually works. I think that's a testament to I, Onita. I like the
2: storytelling. Um, and, I mean, he was a guy who I don't think he did make my list, uh, but I did want to give a quick uh, shout-out. So What's his name again? Tarzan... Um, Uh, Tarzan Godo Godo, yeah I mean he is almost like the kind of this is going to be a really weird analogy but like kind of like build and D of FMW or something in in so much as he he seems like a big deal to me on all of that uh, on all of that footage and he's really good in those matches with Anita so it was actually on the strength of that series and a few other things uh, that Anita has made it you know this high Um, because I think his peak is pretty short like, you know, his run isn't that long. What would you take it from? Like, um,
1: that,
0: uh, I'd say he's got a, at least a good 10-year run. Because in 99, he's doing the stuff with Chono. Yeah. Uh, he has that awful match with Muda, but that was still drew a big crowd.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's basically done after the 90s, isn't he?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, other guys I had on here, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Where did you have him, Chad? Uh
0: I had him in the 50s. Um, let me talk about him a little bit, and I'll see exactly where he was at for me.
2: Yeah, you want me to uh, talk about Slaughter?
0: Sure, go ahead. Yeah, um, well, I mean,
2: for Sergeant Slaughter, to me, is a guy who, I mean, I've been coining this term, the greatest hits candidate. I think Sergeant Slaw is like the ultimate greatest hits guy, in so much as his high points are really high. I mean, I know you don't like the final conflict as much as other people, Chad, but... If you take the final conflict, you take his stuff with Iron Sheik, his stuff with Pat Patterson, um, he, that match he has with Hogan, uh, you know, I I just think he has a lot of good stuff in his on his resume. Um, you know, there's his matches with Handsome, which aren't like classic classic, but they're they're pretty good. You know, they'd probably make that compilation, wouldn't they? Um, uh, so there's that, and there's also like he was a really good heel. Like really good. Um so and we've you know, we documented that on the nineteen eighty one Titan stuff. Um so yeah, I'm pretty high on slaughter, he's a massive bumper, you know, just a just a really good like he can work brawls, he can work gimmick matches, um he can make it an opponent look he's a really good Andre opponent, for example. Um yeah. which which isn't an easy thing to to, to be, believe it or not. So yeah, I I know I'm pretty high on Slaughter, um and uh, yeah maybe at 37 there I might be one of the higher voters for him.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see Adam at 58. Um, and I I kind of, I co-signed what you said. I mean yeah, like Final Conflict. I don't think I would put it as like a match of the decade candidate like some might, but uh, I still had it. You know, four stars plus, and then. I do think his match versus Sheik is the best WWF match of the 80s. Uh, the alley fight with Patterson isn't far behind that. You know, probably top five, top seven match of the 80s for WWF. So, yeah. Uh, he's got two of those. And then, I, pretty much, I can just echo what you said. I love him as a heel. I also think he can be effective as a face. Just seems like a larger than life character. Yeah. Kind of has a lot going for him.
2: Yeah. Um, and then uh, Maka Kota, I mean, I don't really know what to say about uh, Kota. It's, it's 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 almost like an admission of defeat uh, from me, having him on my list, like an admission of failure, I guess. You were talking about your personal failure, Chad. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess my biggest personal failure is my absolute, my absolute inability to understand or get into lucha. Um, and originally I didn't want to list the lucha guys that I do like, because it was almost like kind of burying all the rest of the guys who should be there, um, and it's not like I haven't watched matches with the Blue Panthers and Peretta Morgans and all this sort of thing. I have. Um, I just don't like. A lot. I just don't like a lot of it. Um, so yeah, Kota uh, stands out to me. I mean, he's basically like any great heel I've ever seen. Doesn't matter that it's Lucha. He transcends that kind of barrier for me um just terrific character work i love that match. what was that match that he has in like 1994 where he gets his ass kicked for the whole uh that was a really good match. was that against
0: yeah uh, the yeah the cassus match um, well,
2: i mean that, that i really really dug that i mean i don't think i've watched a Kota match that i gave less than four stars to
0: <laughs> yeah he's someone that i mean i don't think he really was looked at um strongly at all until the lucha set came out and then he had the rocker series and then uh people started looking at more of his 94 work and that that seemed to get some uh good uh, traction to some recent stuff i know the negro costas match is pretty recent it's a recent upload to youtube with the coda with that huge afro and um he also uh the Dainton Cash, I hope I'm saying that correctly, I don't know, he's been uploading a lot of stuff to YouTube that was uh, previously unearthed and has a lot of 94 coda, and it's all really solid, I mean, it shows he still had the goods, and the uh, another ultra charismatic guy, I mean, I think the, these three that we've talked about, and I think you could even lump Hashimoto in there too, but they, this is really kind of a charismatic bunch here
2: absolutely all right well i think we've talked uh enough uh there but yeah i mean even if you're one of those guys who doesn't like lucha and i, I don't think there's anyone who's more in that camp than i am um <laughs> is one guy who i reckon you can dig i mean if you like heels he yeah is,
0: he kind uh, of transcends i him.
2: mean the 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 guy i compare him to is the is the mastermind uh the, the master from uh doctor who with his cool like uh uh be a, he really looks like a kind of evil evil villain you know so yeah yeah why don't we go go on to your next four chad 36
0: okay uh number 36 is dynamite kanzai 35 is yoshiaki fujiwara and uh 34 is billy robinson 33 bobby eaton
2: okay of those i have only bobby eaton higher
0: right um, so I can talk about. Uh, I'll talk about the uh, first three. Uh, Dynamite Kanzai, Familiar with her any part? Uh, you did watch Dream Rush.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen a bit. I've seen a bit of her. Uh, remind me which one she is.
0: <laughs> she is. Um, how do I? Uh, the uh, kind of stout-looking one that's opposite of Khan
2: i know yeah i know the one
0: yeah. ass kicker type vibe with the kick, yeah i mean that
2: that match is phenomenal i thought it was amazing
0: yeah I, I think i mean her in the 90s i mean no there's i don't think it's i have a couple of joshi workers higher but she's to me the number three joshi worker no,
2: no chad don't laugh but in my mind i separate joshi workers into butch lesbian and femme lesbian is that fair like
0: I don't know about fair, uh,
2: but, <laughs> but, but like she's in the She's one of the butch ones, right?
0: Right. Well, that's, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to get into that with the description, but
2: yeah. carry on, carry on.
0: Um, but yeah, she, she can have some really just brutal matches. I love her series with Aja Kong, the singles. Um, they had a ton of great matches, 93, 94, 95. Just, uh, they had about one match a year. And they were all spectacular. She's great in that tag series. Obviously, Dream Rush, Dream Slam 2. You know, the greatest hits there. And she just always seemed to kind of be around and carry the flag for JWP. And uh, was always kind of around and having strong matches right up to the decline of Joshi in the late 90s. You reckon she's going to rank, Chad? I don't really know. I, I I think... Aja Kong will rank in the top 100. After that, I don't know if any Joshi worker is going to rank in the top 100. And that is such a stark departure from the smart marks list. Mm -hmm. um, Because I I don't really even know what the equivalent of Joshi in 2006 would be now.
2: Why is it taking such a nosedive uh, in, like, the... It is the people just think it's too go go go, or what's the deal? I,
0: I think I think there's some of that. I think, quite frankly, there's some, I guess, fetishism type individuals that have moved on to something else. Um, it's it's really weird. I mean, I mean, the genre as a whole, well, obviously, is taking a nosedive from the mid '90s. But it's not like in 2006, the current Joshi scene was very hot in Japan, uh, business-wise. So it's still, it's it's weird that, yeah, from since then, it's it's definitely declined where...
2: I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to come across as too snarky here, but, like, isn't AJ Styles basically a Joshi worker with a penis? Isn't that, like, isn't, that, isn't like, I don't think there's too much of a... Like, that Naughty's indie style, which everybody's still high on, is, I mean, I can't see a huge difference between those two. I
0: I think definitely in some aspects of, like, Dragon Gate, you can see some influence from the type of Joshi. I mean, I do think Kanzai's a good bit different worker from that, with her more, I mean, she's kind of like... (laughs) really in some ways like stan Hansen with a vagina you know i
2: mean yeah yeah, absolutely he
0: has the that type of persona but i i can it's just i think it's just one of those styles that really is falling out of favor and may come back um later but who knows i mean it, it feels like the joshi scene actually now like in current day is starting to get a little bit of buzz uh was start on doing their streaming service that they started. I mean, I would say like 2013, 2014, or you know, really the years where we started this podcast. 2012, 2013. I mean, you just didn't. No. I mean, like, like there was six. Uh, when Ring of Honor was in Atlanta for WrestleMania 27 weekend, they brought in some Joshi girls. And some of the people were like, well, these are, you know, some of the top Joshi stars in Japan at the time, and I'd never heard of them. Do
2: do you know what might be interesting? You know, there's been the whole Divas Revolution, or whatever it's called. Right. Is that that what it's called? Yeah, Divas Revolution. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if that actually kick-started the Joshi scene, and you actually started getting some Japanese workers coming over to work, like Charlotte or whatever?
0: i think you're starting to see that um with both Hawksana doing very well in nxt uh who was kana over in japan and then uh also with the uh i, I mean i do think joshi is starting to pop up a little more frequently
2: yeah all right well who, who else was in this for
0: uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Now, this is someone you didn't rank, um, but I know you had trouble with that.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, he was the, basically the very last guy who I made a call on, and I and I just felt I couldn't. Is really like I saw I would I actually liked him a lot in that gauntlet match, Chad, and yeah. in I thought he's one of the more charismatic uh, New Japan guys. Like he's okay. got a natural charisma in his face. He just um and but i you know he spent the next half of his career doing shoot style and i haven't ranked any shoot style guys at all and i just didn't know what to do with him so i just thought right i can't i'm not in a position to rank him so i couldn't do it
0: yeah i've watched a i watched ai watched a good bit of him um about a week before i made my final list and he's someone where i don't you know like i Discussed a little bit in the first part, It's sometimes it's tough for me to pick out a performance individually and saying, oh, well, this person really carried the match or this person had a standout performance in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with a great match, I just kind of lump both guys together, unless it's pretty obvious. But, I mean, when I was watching all the Fujiwara stuff, it's just like every time he was in a match, even if it was a match I didn't think was that good, like some of his stuff in the 94 uh, G1, you know, like three-star matches. So that's a good match. But I really thought he was still, like, doing his persona and per- portraying his personality to a T, and it really kind of jumped off the page that, to me. That,
2: no, I haven't watched a great deal of his uh, shoot stuff, Chad, but it, it seems yeah. it seems a real shame to me that a worker as good as that would then... Go and you know, lie on arm bars um, and things. I think
0: but, you should watch yeah. the match versus the matches versus Super Tiger.
2: Right. Okay. From
0: UWL, I th- I would be interested to see if you could make it through that. Okay. Um, we'll see.
2: But uh, I was surprised by just how much he bladed. in. uh yeah. in the, I mean, he's bleeding every single match pretty much. In,
0: yeah. You know. He he has a real rugged, rough look to him, and he kind of portrays that. Well, when he I mean, I
2: I said it in one of my reviews. He looks like a sort of dude who'd be sitting by the bar,
0: right. having
2: like mm-hmm. a drink of whiskey or something. And you look at him the wrong way, and you could imagine him snapping a pool cue over your head or something. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. He,
2: he has that look about him, so
0: you don't want to mess with him.
2: <laughs> who Who else was that, John?
0: Uh, Billy Robinson. So where no, did he uh,
2: uh, was on my Number list at 50. fifty? A victim of lack of footage. So he he got hurt on the variety uh rating, also on the a rating d- didn't work a huge variety of different roles in his career no. so um but great great wrestler, ten out of ten on the base and a lot of great matches, eight on yeah. the great matches so yeah.
0: and he's someone that I really hadn't paid I'd say a whole lot of attention to to you, you did your deep dive on m par mm-hmm. And when you went through that murderer's row of his singles matches, I mean, I think his match with Baba is one of the best matches of the 70s. Um, uh. Probably maybe my number two match. I can't remember if I had it or Funk versus Jumbo higher, but those are kind of just right in my mind, my top two. Um, so I, I just thought that singles matches the still getting compelling work out of, you know, somebody like Enoki. Uh, Giant,
2: really gi- Giant Barb, um, the Jumbo matches.
0: Yeah, the Jumbo stuff was really good. And then uh, he's
2: got the Bok match.
0: Yes, now that was, that was I guess, that uh, that was when I first took notice a little bit, because that match was just a ton of fun when you started watching the uh, All Japan set. He also has the Bern match, which I liked. Um, yeah,
2: absolutely. I it, mean, it, the thing is with Billy Robinson is that he, he has this... Uh, reputation as being like a bit of a shooter and being the you know the catch the the you know the the, the chain wrestling guy, right. uh, that Wigan style they talk about. Right. But I mean, I was I was actually had a pretty in depth conversation with Charles about this the other night. Uh, as we as we want to do. Um, you know, actually, I think sometimes our chats and those little, you know, there's pretty high quality discussion there in that little Facebook chat we've got, Chad. Um, but uh, one of the things I was wondering about is that I can't really see, like, who else wrestles like Billy Robinson. Like, the world of sports guys do not work like him at all. And he's, like, doing, like, tilted, you know, that famous Billy Robinson backbreaker, you know, gut wrench suplexes, like, he, he's got all the different throws, all of that really like gritty stiff mat work that he does i don't know i I just think he's like a kind of are you like a kind of one-off guy who loads of people then copied
0: yeah um i he he does have stiffer mat work i'd say than someone like patterson yeah i think the bombs that they'll throw out in the progression of the matches is kind of similar but I do think you can really see an influence. That, like, if you're a Regal guy...
2: Oh, yeah, um,
0: absolutely. I, I mean, I mean, this is like the protege or the mentor.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially in the way that he'll... You, you, there's a very particular thing that Regal does where he'll put the forearm into somebody's, like, chin as he's working a hold. That's a very, like, Billy Robinson way of working a hold, yeah. I would say. And the thing
0: the thing that I love about Billy Robinson is no matter what match it is, I mean, even some of the greatest, I mean, I think with most of the people left on my list, like with the footage you see, and it may just be the selected footage, but it's in every match that I've seen of Robinson. You know, when he grabs a headlock, he grabs a headlock. Yeah. And there just seems to be that type of just cranking and total into the match that you don't, see someone that committed every time out another
2: he, he also has some pretty good under the radar performances i'd say like there's a match where he tags with uh I can't remember who it is now uh Was it the
0: horse horseman
2: or no no it's, i can't remember it's someone random like maybe like blackjack lanza or something i don't know He's a re- or or um that other british dude who went over to japan a lot uh, Les Thornton Les Thornton I think it is but they they have a match versus the Funks and it's not like a, the best Funks match or the best Robinson match but the interplay between Terry Funk and Robinson in that match is just like amazing just for that one and it's just like one of those things it's like it's not a brilliant match but the performance from Robinson itself is tremendous so no, it
0: is, it is Horse Hoffman I knew I was right on oh, that it is, it is Dory Hoffman. and Terry Funk versus Billy Robinson and Horse Hoffman oh well, that, that, there we go yeah yeah i knew i i, I was gonna say i remember that tag because that was also one of the ones you reviewed but yeah yeah i enjoyed that interaction for sure between because he's, he's pretty fiery as well pretty like. well yeah I, I i think it'd been you know i i really think if we had a complete footage of robinson he would look really good i uh, i just have that impression i
2: my impression is that he'd be a legit top 10 contender if we had his career on right. tape. Um, and he's he's actually one of only a few guys I'd say that for uh, from, the, from the set. Actually, I, I do think that about Pat Patterson as well. I think that he would also be a top 10 contender if we had, like, all of his career.
0: Uh, all right. Who, who else was there, Chad? Uh, Bobby Eaton, who you have higher. So you can go ahead with your next four.
2: So where are we? 36 My my thirty six was AJ Styles, Uh, pretty high rating for him. Thirty five Dustin Rhodes, thirty four John Cena, thirty three Vader. Look at those for four guys in a row. Um, So do you have any of those higher?
0: Uh, Vader.
2: Okay, so where was uh, 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 John Cena and Dustin
0: on yours? John Cena was thirty eight, so we're really close. Um, Dustin was number. Uh, he's around here somewhere. 59. I reckon he'll be one of the lower voters on Dustin Wimert. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. AJ Styles is uh, was number 70.
2: 70, all right. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, do you want to say anything about AJ Styles, first of all? Uh, you had him at number 70. Do you think I'm way too high on him here at 36?
0: Um, I mean, I can see that. I, 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 I think... I, I mean, I'll be frank, I haven't watched a lot of the TNA stuff. I'm just yep. not interested in watching that week to week. I've seen, of course, the highlights, like the three-way match, his match versus Samoa Joe, his match versus Abyss. Uh, so I've seen the greatest hits of him in TNA and enjoyed it. But I, that is something with a promotion. I don't know what it is, but there's a blockage where I I don't think they've ever had I'd say like a four and a half star and above match.
2: Well, I, I mean, I watched a lot of that stuff as it, as you saw play. out. I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of your way to be honest. I mean, it did. I mean, he's obviously a really good worker, um, but yeah, there's something about that environment that doesn't like it. Actually, makes the match seem worse just because it's there. So, right. Um, but despite all of that, I I mean, I do think he's, you know, I I kind of wanted to give a nod to guys in the in the current generation type thing and AJ Styles is one of the guys I picked out as being like every time I've seen him he impressed me I love cool offense as you know and he's you know another one of those guys a bit like Bob Orton Jr. who will practically invent moves every time you see him Uh, possibly even more with AJ Styles so there's that. Um, and I haven't seen a huge amount of his new his, his recent new Japan run, which a lot of people like. It seems like that has been the thing that has put him in people's minds. That's
0: how he made my list. Um, when you talk
2: think, about that,
0: I think since he split from TNA, he's been consistently the best worker in the world the past two years plus. I mean, now he's with Jericho, so that may be coming to a. Uh, end but uh but up up until that point i mean just tons of stuff when he redebuted in ring of honor he had a lot of great matches uh with people that i'm not too high on like Jay lethal uh, he had a really great match i thought in march of 2014 with um chris hero and just his stuff in new japan whether it was okada or tanahashi or uh I, I liked his stuff with Suzuki, um, Nakamura. Of course, I mean, there's just there's just match after match so, after match where he delivered a bushi.
2: Now, if you want to know why AJ Styles is so high on on my list, even though I'm not exactly a huge uh, guy for the you know for the scene that he was in, um, even though I would probably say he to me he looks like the best worker from that scene, apart from one other guy um uh who's who who might be coming up on my list a bit le- later um and that is that those guys those like the low keys styles punk they all have like pretty long careers if you think about it like in terms of like churning out good matches over a period of time um so like he's got like sevens in quite a lot of different categories which when you add it all up comes to somewhere around the same as Sergeant Slaughter. So um, it's just one of those little quirks of the way, of the way I, I did it. Um, if I was doing my list more on like a personal feeling, he'd probably be more up where, where he is with you. He'd still make it, but he'd be lower down. But, yeah, um,
0: and one of those interesting kind of things to look back in 2006, AJ Styles was number 301.
2: 2006 that's interesting isn't it because that's that literally yeah. when he was having those matches
0: <laughs> right i mean he still was I, I don't know how much people build from i guess 2007 to 2013 for his case
2: okay well uh, who else is there here um dustin yeah. and i i don't i actually think there will be people who have aj styles up in their top training won't, won't. yeah i agree yeah uh so dustin rhodes he i mean he's kind of like uh one of the PWO poster boys, I like to say. I mean, I'd, I'd say that corner of the internet is higher on him than practically any other corner. Yeah, there. he
0: actually, um, I'll say I think he actually did better, and I thought he would have when I looked at it for 2006. He was number 137. Oh, Okay. I mean, that's honestly not that bad because it does feel like in the past, let's say, five or six years is where he's really came on. Well, I mean,
2: here's one of these things. We say, like, well, if we had Billy Robinson's entire career on tape, he'd be a top ten candidate. We do have Dustin's entire career on tape from the minute he debuts to now, which is a huge amount of time, if you think. like So across that period of time, a dude who is talented – as a worker. I mean, he's, you know, the natural, <laughs> um, he, he's very good baby face. He's good at the fundamentals. He has a good understanding of what it takes to make a good watchable match. So across the space of literally, what is it? Not even six What 20, 26 yeah, years,
0: from like 89, 90. I on. Mean, Jesus.
2: I mean, literally 26 years on national TV you're going to have a huge bevy of, you know, he's basically maxed out on the longevity, on the variety. Um, so even though, you know, there aren't that many, like, five-star dusting classics, he's been a really solid worker for a long time. Um, and I would even say that I'm possibly one of the guys who's a little bit lower on the gold dust stuff than some other people are. Um, but, you know, I I just think that you have to give the guy his props. Um what do you reckon, Chad?
0: Yeah, I mean he's been in a lot of good stuff. I'm not I'm not even someone that I know uh somebody like Will has enjoyed a lot of like the ninety six Gold Dust stuff, ninety seven. I'm not crazy about that. Um but I th- I thought from ninety one to ninety early ninety six he was a really good worker. Uh, that had a, just a good many great matches with Bunkhouse, Buck, in the tag matches, uh, kind of ran the gambit. Even his stuff with Austin was pretty good to good. Uh, matches with Vader I absolutely adore. And then with this tag run, he has these kind of revitalized tag runs where when it was the Rhodes Brothers, it was a great tag run, kind of revitalized the division as a whole, to where now with the New Day, uh, I think the WWF tag division is as strong as it's been with them on top and as them as a focal point since uh, probably Edge and Christian and the Hardys in the early 2000s.
2: Yeah and if you were gonna have a conversation about best ever tag worker, I actually reckon that like once you get beyond like Bob Eaton, um and Ricky Morton and some of the more obvious guys, I think Dustin would be like pretty much there in that yeah, conversation.
0: Thin. Yeah.
2: Um so yes. Uh who else was there? Uh oh yes, uh John Cena. Now where did you have him?
0: I had him at uh what was it? Thirty-four, let me see.
2: No, uh, thirty-eight. You have yeah, him at 34. I have him at thirty-four. So yes, a, a quick shout out to Jimmy Redman, who I think is John Cena's number one fan on the <laughs> board there, uh, and who gave me lots of recommendations for matches to watch and things. He was one of the guys I did a, a pretty deep dive on. I think I watched a lot. You know, can't. I don't know exactly how many matches, but more than I more than I care to. Uh, mention at this point and he's someone i went on a bit of a journey on because i you know i i'm one of the people who literally john cena's spinny belt was one of the reasons i stopped watching wrestling so it was pretty hard for me to come around on the and admit that actually the guy has been in loads of great matches um so yeah he's actually quite an interesting worker to me uh, the, my my major observation for, uh, of him is that he might be the most interior worker there's ever been. Like he's so pensive and thoughtful through all his matches. So there's always like this internal struggle going on. I actually kind of, like I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I find it kind of quite intriguing. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to list some of those greatest hits, Chad?
0: Yeah, I I, I think with Cena, like he's the most unselfish ace that they've ever had. I I feel like that's pretty easy to say.
2: Yeah, easily. Um,
0: And when you look at his just kind of list of matches, he's someone that, if I had to pick someone, you know, it's almost like Slaughter, but we have him on tape. Because if you take the greatest hits of Cena and did the MAGA match, the JBL Bloodbath match, the uh, CM Punk series, the Brock Lesnar match, uh the Daniel Bryan SummerSlam match. I mean, those are just, uh, Shawn Michaels on raw that match. I mean, it's just a ton of really great stuff. That's four and a half and above in a company that just, you know, quite frankly, for my rating system, doesn't have that many four and a half star and above matches throughout their history. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe a handful, three or four or five a year at best. Mm -hmm. and, he, he's he's been in them uh, pretty consistently since two thousand and five, even some of his I'd say lower stuff like in two thousand and seven when he did that run and had the match with like Bobby Lashley, uh, which I enjoyed a good bit. It was kind of a superstar match. His match with Batista at SummerSlam two thousand eight I think's a fun uh kind of. David, or you know, Battle of the Titans type match, and also a uh, Triple H from WrestleMania 22, I think, is a a, a good Triple H match.
2: I, I I actually think that John Cena, being like as good as he is in so many of his matches, is a guy that actually retroactively hurts um, something like uh, I don't know. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him soon because I've noticed he hasn't cropped up yet, Chad, on your list. But uh, like Shawn Michaels' post, po- post, like comeback run type thing, like I, I'm down on that stuff because I hate the style. You know, I hate the WWE main event style. And John Cena basically has worked his entire career in the straight jacket of that style, and has still been able to have really, really good matches, even, right. even, yeah. even in, even in that prism. And that's really impressive to me. To...
0: Yeah, even um I think the match he had like a, about a year and a half ago, almost two years, with uh, Bray Wyatt, their last man standing match. I mean, that was your WWE gimmicks, stuff falling over, pyro flying through the air type match. But something about Cena's, I guess, charisma and energy actually made that work. Yeah. Um, whereas. The uh, two guys that I like, like somebody like uh, Dean Ambrose, you know, I like Dean Ambrose a good bit, but he had a hell in a cell match with Bray Wyatt uh, recently, and uh, I thought it was pretty bad. And it it had that same kind of smoke and mirrors, and it just did not work as well for me.
2: Um, the one other thing I would I like to say as well is that um, I think John Cena. I mean, if you think about greatest wrestler ever um and like place in history and so on i actually think john cena has a unique a completely unique relationship with the crowd that basically i can't like it it's just nobody else in history has that that i can think of over a sustained period of time and it just makes for really interesting dynamics like did you know what's that ecw one night only match um was it against RVD?
0: Yeah, RVD two thousand six. Uh, I
2: mean, G- G- Jesus, he got a really compelling match out of RVD. I mean, yes, the atmosphere and the kind of the way, how much that crowd hated him and so on, adds to that. But I just thought, like, even in that environment with a crowd hating him, he performed he performed about as perfectly as as he could have done. So. I don't know, I've I've actually really turned a corner on John Cena. I mean, obviously, he's 34 on my list here, but he's not one of these guys who's on my list, and grudgingly, I actually quite have come to respect what he does. So, yes. Um, What about, uh, so Vader's higher, so I think it's time to go for your next four. Uh,
0: My next four will be three that you'll have higher, and then uh, one that you won't I'm sure you're dying to discuss. Uh, 32, Arn Anderson. 31, Ricky Morton. Uh, 30, Rick Martell. And 29 is L Dandy.
2: 29 is L Dandy. Okay. So take me through it. So obviously, Arn Anderson's higher. Who's yeah. the next one?
0: Ricky Morton. He's higher. And uh, Rick Martell. He's higher. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: and El Dandy, I've I had at forty seven. So
0: oh, you did rank. That's right, you did rank Dandy. I forgot about that. I, I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of quick on El Dandy. I feel like I've talked about him a good bit. and I think you know the case. I mean, uh, he's just, he's just someone that I do think if it's if all you know him from is the punchline of Bret Hart, then I would really try to seek out his 1990 stuff. Um, I don't think Dandy is a slam dunk kind of wrestler that you can resonate with, like a Negro Casas or Mocha Uh Even maybe like a Pirata Morgan, I think might be somebody easier to latch on to. But I do think in 1990, I mean, I, I like that Angel Eyes-Tega match. I know you don't, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a match I, I still really love, the craftsmanship of it. And then his feud with Santanico in that year is just fantastic. 91 has the really good match with Santanico again. 92, the classic with Negro Casas. His stuff in 96 with the Santo Hill turn. Uh, kind of on up the ladder, so pretty much from 1986 to 2004, when Dandy was given a chance to prove himself and popped up on tape, he delivered in my eyes. So that's why he's at 29.
2: Yep, yeah. and um, I mean, I he he made my list basically because I watch quite a quite a lot of uh, Dandy matches. He's another guy I kind of I really like the Casa stuff. Um, he doesn't kind of. Uh, resonate with me as I guess as much as some other people yeah but uh, I, I think he's just like he has a volume of pretty good work there you know so um, I couldn't really like leave him off um, although I, d- I, d- I don't know um, My some of my general problems with with uh, I, I guess he has more luchery matches than some of the than the other two lucha guys I've picked uh, like that as Tech One, so I don't know. Um, but yes, I I had I uh, have to give Dandy his due, I guess. There you go. So who who else was? All the others were higher, am my All the others were higher. Okay, now, uh, Chad, I realise that there may be a mistake on my spreadsheet here. Because oh, the next guy on the list is Dustin Rhodes, and he's already just beat. Oh, no. So I don't know. I'm I'm desperately now. <laughs> Did li- you heard this in? Well, I'm desperately now trying to have a look at my official ballot that I turned in, and <laughs> it's possible that I'm. <laughs> it's possible that I listed Dustin Rhodes twice.
0: And you, you for sure have Dusty. Where was he? He was way low. So. Yeah,
2: Dust, Dusty was. Like oh. 80, 81 Holy shit, I'm trying to see if I can <laughs> oh, this, oh. Is, this is uh,
0: good radio
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay um, So Yeah, I'm just going over my th- I'm actually going through my, here we go Alright, blah 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 32. Oh shit, I, yeah So on my official ballot I've got Dustin Rhodes twice Fucking <laughs> 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 Do you want to know who the guy who's, Who was 101 uh, I can tell you my 101 if you want <laughs>
0: I guess we'll swat everybody up.
2: And- <laughs> um, unbelievable. That this oh, is
0: man. Yeah, you're going to, have to talk to Steven now.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I may have to edit. I may have to do some... Uh, I don't know if I can be bothered, to be honest. Um, so, number 101. Well, it was, looking at it, it's The Rock. <laughs> Or the Undertaker, no, or the Undertaker, or or Iron Sheik, or Adrian Street. It's one of those four.
0: Okay. Well, you're gonna have to make a decision on air.
2: Um, I'm, I'm, I. Please,
0: I I know which one you want to pick, and I.
2: I don't uh, know. Well, you know what I'm gonna do, Chad. I'm, I'm just gonna slot in Ronnie Garvin at 35. There
0: we go. I'm (laughs) just gonna do
2: that. (laughs) Um, and uh, keep it quiet i guess so even though uh all right so 31 uh i can't believe i've done that shit okay uh 31 is terry gordy um number 30 is akira Tawe and number 29 is Bret hart
0: okay so uh gordy is someone i did not rank wow uh, he was one of my last five cuts
2: now, that um, really surprises me, Chad, because you've yes. been watching the Texas stuff recently, haven't you? So. Yes,
0: I have, and that's kind of why he did not make it. Um, okay. Uh, Talways higher, and then Bret Hart for me was number thirty-nine. So you can oh. go ahead and talk about uh Gordian Hart. Okay, well, I I think I mean I'll just briefly
2: list the reasons why Gordy is uh uh on this list so as high as he is. Um, he had good that good run in texas um really good one in mid-south uh that match with dr death that uh, we mentioned before um his tag team with stan hansen produced some pretty good matches uh several matches uh in the kind of 4.5 to five star range uh with hansen as the partner um then i actually think his uh career goes off the boil a bit when he does the team with uh Steve Williams so I would actually say that his, his, his peak is over by about 1989 something like that um, but you know the between the Freebird stuff and the Stan Hansen team I think he's got an awful lot of good performances across a sustained period of time so
0: what's, Yeah, I, d- I definitely think I mean like I think Gordy's very good but I think he's somebody that just did not live up to his potential Mm. Even worse to me than somebody like Wyndham and in Texas I mean Texas is a promotion I have a lot of trouble with the booking and it honestly affects my thinking of the workers because it's so babyface heavy. Uh, I mean it, it makes New York look like a you know a heel heavy promotion um, So just think going through the Texas stuff. In the past few months, I thought he was effective there at points, but there was a lot of times where he jobbed and didn't look as strong as like the big ace in the hole that I would have wanted. Um, and then other uh, there's just other matches. Like he has that match with Flair in early 1983, which is good, but I mean, it's Ric Flair and Terry Gordy in 1983. You think it's going to be awesome, and it's just not. He has the match with Jumbo uh, that was on the All Japan set, which was kind of the same case. And then when you throw in the Williams tags, which are hit or miss at best, probably all together uh, with the Japanese and the WCW stuff, then, uh, like I said, he's someone that just narrowly missed my list, but I felt better kind of giving the other guys a chance for over-maximizing their potential uh, compared to someone that I feel kind of underutilized his potential.
2: All right no, I can I can I can see that argument. Um I don't know for me he's one of the better workers of the 80s and he has good matches in all of the different What was places. his
0: G on big Lab? 6. Okay.
2: Yeah. Which which is about fair I'd say if yeah. you across, you know. I mean if you look at DVDR um well, he's
0: definitely someone that got over in a good many places too. I mean Yeah.
2: Um yes, I mean I I actually think for us Chad weirdly he may be someone who's a victim of overhyping by uh, our friend Will. Um because I th- I think both of us listen to a lot of those shows where him and Rob Naylor were marking out crazily and so on and it's kind of like sometimes it's difficult for guys to live up to hype, you know, like uh, I guess
0: like Yeah, I got I I mean I got to say as is... Like, when I was growing up, you know, when I started tape trading and stuff like that, like, I didn't get a lot of the Texas stuff. But you knew about the Freebirds. And growing up in Georgia, I mean, they just sounded so cool, like, coming out in the stars and bars. I mean, they, they, they felt like a really cool, click group. But then, as I've watched them... It's just like, I mean, I want them to be like Hogan and the Outsiders in 1996 and 1997. With Ender. You know, when I think about the Great Hill factions, I, I just kind of want that dominance. And that is tough because then it's like, you know, it's the age-old argument of, you know, well, should they be booking for you or booking for the audience? Because it was obviously successful in 1983 and world class but i do think in a list like this where it's my opinion i can kind of present that and that's why somebody like gordy doesn't make
2: hey, it have you watched the georgia footage chad because
0: a little bit now that i think helps but it's so limited and i really I, wish I, we had I, more i things.
2: think that's the that's the stuff where michael hayes comes across as the coolest guy in the world right.
0: and um he's like his big brother one
2: yeah, and, and gordy's like the kind of yeah Special kid behind him type of thing, but right. I mean, still, they 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 look pretty badass. And
0: yeah, I would say from the Georgia stuff, and the even I mean, I actually think the second coolest Gordy looked in some way. I mean, the Texas stuff with the vignettes, he definitely does as well. But I I liked when Gordy won the UWF title in like '86. I thought that was effective use of him too.
2: Yeah, no, his and then that mid south run that he has, the UWF run is. Absolutely part of his case, I would say. So, yes, uh, that's Terry Gordy. Uh, I think he's one of the bigger omissions on your list, actually, Chad.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, um, again, it's, he, he's somebody I really went back and forth with. But yeah. him, him and, I'd say, Kurt Henning were probably the two absolute toughest people for me to kind of leave off. Yeah. Because I, 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 I can see them... You know, it being interchangeable with somebody like Dick Murdoch. I will
2: say though that um he suffers a little bit with me in my estimation because that Doc and Gordy team is just not as good as the hype. Like and I, I'm not talking about hype on PWR, I'm just talking about like hype when you're growing up, hype when you read the magazines, when you get on like I remember first coming online and people were like the most badass team ever, the miracle violence connection and they just don't live up to it, do they?
0: No, and uh, one of the things about Gordy, too, that's kind of weird is, I mean, we don't have a ton of him from 81, 82. Uh, I would say just like a smattering yeah. of stuff. So so really, you're looking from 83 to 93 is like his run. So 10 years, it's not that deep, honestly. It's, it's Again, you know, we talked about it part, but kind of one of those weird things yeah. where... Somebody like like a you know a Chris Hero who still seems kind of relevant or AJ Styles. AJ Styles yeah. to a lot of WWE viewers as a you know a youngster or a kid. But we you know I've been watching him for 15 years now. So
2: so um, sorry Stephen and Kelly and all the other Canadians who are crying out there. Bret Hart is 29 <laughs> on my list. Uh, and where was he on yours? 34, Chad. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a bit about Bret? Oh, no. Actually, Brett was lower than that, 39. 39, 39. okay. Um, I mean, I think that Brett is a great worker. I think he's a, you know, I've given him 9 for his base rating. Uh, he's got good variety of matches. He's got some great matches in his resume. Um, but, I mean, I I guess where it comes down to me is that I just have never thought of him as a top, top gear, tier guy he was never going to touch my top 10 and I just don't think he has the career to touch my top 10 like he just didn't you know um, and possibly that's because he spent most of his career in WWF which is not a, which is not a kind of promotion that is geared towards giving a guy lots and lots of great matches and the great matches that he did have was through that prism you know the, the piper one the o- Owen Austin I mean you you know you know the case on Brett um it's just not like when you look at some of the guys that are coming later it's just not enough goods, you know, to uh compete. But that still doesn't mean that I think he's bad. He's really good, but you know, I need more in the more in the in the resume to to get higher up.
0: Yeah, I think he's really good, uh not elite, and I think you know kind of I mean I have seen a higher than him and you know, I, I I talked about Cena's great matches and the list of them, and I mean to me, yeah, Brett's kind of the same case, but I almost think Cena is more consistent on a week basis, so that's why I've seen a little higher. Yeah, um, I, that, I think that is Pete's
2: big knock knock against.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, you you, I've seen that too. I mean, I like the Iron Man match that he has with Flair a lot, but then I've seen. A good many, uh, you know, handhelds and stuff with him, like the the DBRC 91 match and different stuff where he's just not doing a whole lot. And I know in the 80s with the Hart Foundation, it was the case, too. Some of the stuff that has been watched on tag teams back again, when I've gone and dug through, I've I've found pretty lackluster. Mm. Um, Just the Hart Foundation as a team. Um, I, I, I really do think Brett is really great. I just, I, I kind of just don't see him as a lead. I don't see him elite as a technician. Hmm. Like I can see somebody like Billy Robinson and some other Matt workers higher than him. I don't see him elite as a charismatic worker. Um, I, I think there's a good many really that had more charisma than him uh, on my list. So, there's there's one of those things where he was like really 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 good at a lot of stuff, but I don't think he was elite at any one thing. And I I think 39 is respectable for a worker like that. And I will say once he went to WCW, I mean yeah they botched a lot, but man does he have just like no aura. And I I don't know if it was you know, the wind was out of his sails or what, but him in 1998 is just. It's it's really striking when you striking when you watch that year as a whole how just a non factor in a lot of ways he is for most of the year when compared to how hot he was in ninety seven.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I I I I don't know. I, I think some people would look at those ratings of our stars and think like, why is Brett so low? But I I think he's a guy who's been talked about as the best wrestler ever. Um, because he was a WF guy, basically. Um, and he was called the best there was. What was it? The best there the is.
0: The best, best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah, uh,
2: so his kind of gimmick may- was...
0: Maybe, I don't think he had a case for either one of those three for any year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> even like, for, like, like, 94?
0: 94 is a really good year, but, I mean, I guess US-wise, probably but uh hmm. i mean worldwide i don't think so okay
2: well let's go to your next four and uh, can i can kind of say that live on air i have edited my actual ballot and just snuck in ron garvin at 35 <laughs> so 35 or
0: 32 oh so no. you got dustin at 32 and so garvin at 30
2: on my on my actual official ballot that's how it is because okay, i made i made a mistake but i don't mind I, like, Ron Garvey needs to have more votes, I reckon. So. Love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> All right. So uh, my next four, and uh, this will be a lot of guys we can talk about. So 28 is uh, Shawn Michaels. You knew he was coming. Boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 27, Yan Akiyama. You have him hired, don't you? You haven't yeah. said him
2: yet, have you? Yeah, no, I haven't said him yet. Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, 26, Akira Tawe and 25 vader
2: okay so I'll, I'll t- i can just tell you that akiyama is two places higher than you've got him so he's on oh, okay. my next four
0: okay cool so uh i guess we can talk about michael since we just talked about Hart.
2: well where was he on my list hold on uh he did make my list didn't he
0: 45
2: 45 on my list okay so i mean to me this is a ridiculously high rating from you Chow. why is he why is he so high
0: I, I don't know when I became a Sean apologist on PWO, but it, it's felt that way. Um, I, I, I do think, like, the Rockers, I, I guess it's easier to me to compare them straight to Brett. Right. And that's somebody. So I like the Rockers better than the Hart Foundation. Pretty easily, I'd say. Uh, WWF run I really like. The Strike Force matches, yes, they were the same, but uh, you know it was a good formula, so I'm not going to take that much against them. But then they have these really under the radar matches like that Powers of Pain match from January 1990, which I pimp
1: hmm.
0: continuously, and I love that match. The Orient Express match that everybody knows about. They have a match with Demolition and uh, MSG that I think is one of the better Demolition matches. Uh, hi Matt D for the shout out um, they have a uh, match versus the Conquistadors, That's very good, so really and we've seen the AWA stuff, you've heard our feelings on that, the series with Rosen Summers is great and they had some great matches even after that so Rockers to me pretty easily beats Heart Foundation then you look at their career going from that and 91, 92, 93 I see pretty easily for Brett. Um, but then 94, that's an interesting year where I can see, eh, I mean, it's it's iffy, but probably Brett. Easily. Uh, 95, I actually go Sean uh, fairly okay. easily there.
2: Yeah, I can do um, that. Yeah.
0: I, I, like, I like the Razor, the second ladder match a lot. I think the match versus Jarrett's really good. I actually kinda like the diesel match a good bit. I don't think it's great, but I think it's a good match, um, at WrestleMania. Uh so so that's where I'm at in ninety-five. Ninety-six of the years I'm going through now. And so obviously Bre- uh Sean failed as like a draw on top. But I'm not taking that much uh, into account.
2: Uh, and as a baby face. As a likable like baby, face, a baby
0: face I think um <laughs> I think it's definitely worse in the fall, but I think if you look in the spring up to around the Vader feud it's not as bad as you might think. Okay. And in ring I think he has a fantastic year, especially on pay per view. Has a you know, three and a half star match with Owen Hart. I do like the Iron Man match. I really like the No Holds Barred match with Diesel. Really like the Davy Boy Smith King of the Ring match. Uh the the Mankind match I think completely holds up. The Vader match from SummerSlam, besides uh Sean's Temper Tantrum, is really good. And then the Sid match where he drops the title. Yeah, Sid's the Baby Face with MSG Crowd, of course. But I think that's a really good match as well. So 96 with Brett, you know, taking his six month Fiesta, I think is a really strong year for Sean. Ninety seven, Brett does a lot of great stuff, but I'm telling you, Parv, Shine in the Fall as a Heel to me is one of the greatest heel runs of all time because that, this
2: that original an, DX uh, run. He,
0: yeah. He is an absolutely deplorable, hateable, disgusting character <laughs> on TV. Well,
2: I remember I watched it live, yeah. yeah.
0: So I I loved watching that run and just the amount of heat and visceral that he was getting. Uh, like the one-night-only match versus Davey, just absolutely detested.
2: But isn't isn't 97 when Brett is doing the Austin... Um... Yeah,
0: Brett's really strong that year, too. You got the USA versus Canada. Yeah. So, so that's a neck and neck. But so, I, I, I mean, I guess my theory with all this, and I do think 98, it's a very underrated build. You know about Tyson and Austin for WrestleMania 14, but the build um, to that match and it being presented as the torch passing, I think gets understated a lot because they do a really good job of building Michaels up for that match. He does a really good job of hyping the match. Um, he stayed away from TV uh, in, in the live audience a good bit in that build. There was a lot of stuff from like his ranch and San Antonio and stuff. But it was really well done. It's one of my favorite Mania builds, Rewatching it. So my point in all this is I really only think Brett outshines Sean from 91 to 94 in this 10-year gap or 12-year gap from 85 to 97. You might yeah. give Sean or Brett the edge in 97, but I think—I mean I think it's a toss-up.
2: Do do you want to know how they compared it in the big lab uh, stats? Because even though he's forty five, Sean was only three points behind Brett. Uh, he was on thirty seven, and Brett was on forty.
0: Okay. Do
2: you want to know where Brett lost the points? Let's see. Um. So Brett was uh the the base was nine, great wrestler. Sean's base was six. That's his lack of offense, really. It's hurt him. there's poor offense has hurt him, I think, and his lack of psychology. Uh, at times. So I just think Brett is a better wrestler at base. Um, for the intangibles, they both have five. Um, for um, the great matches, Brett's got seven and Sean's got six. You probably disagree with that, do you?
0: Yeah, I would disagree with that. I You'd, think Sean has just as many, if not more.
2: And then for the longevity, they both got seven. For the AHA. Well,
0: so, how did you rank that? Because I may disagree well, with that. I've
2: taken Sean from eighty-six and given him to ninety-seven.
0: But you don't, yeah. But so, I I,
2: I, I, just, I just don't give him any. Yeah,
0: that's one of those things with the big. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I just don't
2: don't is. give him anything after ninety-seven right. at all.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: And uh, you know. I've tried to be like more objective than other people, but come on, I like um, I had to let my extreme hatred of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do, I
0: do. To me, I see his post comeback as a plus, not a negative. I know well, a lot of people see it as a negative. Well, I, I'll
2: tell you where it has got gotten him a point here. Bret Hart's got a seven for for his variety, okay, and that is factoring in his New Japan. Early East New Japan runs, Calgary his heart Foundation stuff, and the Shawn Michaels has got eight. I'm Michaels has got eight, factoring in some of the some of the memorable matches, not great matches that he had (laughs) (laughs) uh, in in that post comeback run. So that's how it works. I
0: I mean, for me, like with post comeback, I mean, I think Shawn was really bad with one person, and it's Triple H besides that i don't have a ton of problem with a lot of the matches i've seen him in like i just watched the chris masters match i thought he does a really good job of getting masters over i think he's good in the cena matches i like that jericho i mean i like both jericho series i know you didn't like the wrestlemania 19 match but i i do enjoy that match a good deal um so so it's and I mean I like the Undertaker stuff. I don't think it's the great either. One of those two WrestleMania twenty five or twenty six is the greatest match of all time. But I, I know when we did the top one hundred matches to see before you die, that panel was pretty uh, nice to the WrestleMania twenty five match. And I do think for a spectacle type match like that, it holds up. Um, I have that one ranked at four stars. Mm. Then you you famously gave it two, I believe.
2: Fucking crap. <laughs> Load of rubbish.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so all that's to say, I mean, that's my case. I, I who knows where Sean will end up on the final list. There's
2: he's a guy who people could legitimately leave off and you yeah. can see people having him as one, right? Yeah,
0: there I, I really don't know. Um I I actually kinda hope Jimmy does v- vote uh him one. I I I I do think he takes a little bit too much of a beating. Well, <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. there's a narrative that like, I mean, of course it's the WWE narrative that uh, this is the greatest of all time. And I understand being frustrated with that, like the prism that that's seen through, but
2: well, it's, it's also a bit irritating that all of the workers buy into it as well. Like it, it like it's, a, it kills me every time Ric Flair mentions Shawn Michaels in the same yeah, path as himself.
0: Best, yeah. But it's right.
2: like, what can you do? They all believe it, you know. So right,
0: yeah, they buy in. So, uh, well, that uh, was, was a good bit on Sean. but I mean, he's somebody <laughs> we won't talk about on where the big boys play. So
2: ever, oh, thank God. And <laughs> I, I will say that the the reason I I'm down on those matches is because I just don't believe that endless false finish fests is a is a good is a good psychology. It's it's just I don't know. I can't stand it. All right. So who who's the next? Uh, we spent a huge amount of time with Sho Michaels there. So who's next?
0: Um, uh, do we want to talk about Jun Akiyama now, or wait? I know uh, no, why we, I used a twenty five on mine? So we okay. Want to talk well, about wait a him. minute. All right. Um... um, let's let's talk about Akira Taue. Yeah. I think a pretty good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, yeah. I mean, I, I I feel like it's pretty easy the case on him in a lot of ways he is the fourth best guy in all japan but to me that's the best stretch of wrestling ever so that's not uh, nothing to sneeze at i do think in a lot of the matches he's he's on par with the other guys i do sometimes have a slight problem Uh, it seems to be kind of a recurring talking point that uh yeah i mean because okay like talloway he was kind of hated a good bit not hated but certainly seen as the number four you know for a yeah. lot mm-hmm. and it I do kind of find it odd sometimes that you hear like well you know i'm watching all these matches and i like talloway the best like six nine ninety five. it's like A was my favorite performance i i do find that kind of strange <laughs> um to be frank but uh but I, I think he's a great worker, and he was able to pull some really amazing stuff out even later on in his career. Um, in 1990, when he teamed with Jumbo, he was good to really good. Uh, 91 had the feud with Kawada, which helped him. But so stuff to me that I really like is like his Noah match with uh, Nagata from 66, 2003 just an excellent match, and that was when Nagata was not having excellent matches, in my opinion, with a lot of people. Uh, you talk about your excess. He was really prone to that. And then his uh, GHC title um, challenge versus Kabashi in 2004, I thought, was an excellent match. So somebody that I, I think was a worthy fourth member of the Four Pillars.
2: And I I do think that Champions Carnival run that he has helps his case a good bit. Um, just because he can show that he can do it outside of the tag context. Like, there are some really good matches during that run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, and um, I, I thought that uh, the July 2000, or July 96 match where he drops the belt to Kobashi, yeah, he was really strong in but that as well.
2: Really good match. Um, just, I don't know. I think Tawi is really good. I mean, what are they called? Chad Dangerous K and Dynamic T? Is it?
0: Yeah, Dynamic
2: T. It, it should be Dangerous T <laughs> and Dynamic K. I that's I think they're wrongly named because he's got more than any other wrestler I can think of a sense of danger about him, and it's funny that he's right up next to Terry Gordy on my list here, and I think. Who would I be more scared by? I'd probably be more scared by Tawei just because of his kind of like you know that awkwardness that he's got.
0: Yeah, he kind of has this like lanky aloofness to him, but he can be pretty dangerous. But
2: like his the way he'll just just drop guys against the like on the rope and haven't like he feels like he doesn't care for people's well being.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> and I I just think that gives his work an edge, you know. Um. So and arguably a member of the you know I think a lot of people will have the Tawei. Kawada team as their number one on the tag team list, um, and I'll, I can just tell you, Chad, they're number two on mine. Did you submit a tag list?
0: I am not going to submit a tag list. Um, kind of focused on the singles. Yeah, I, I could, I can't fathom they wouldn't be top five for me.
2: Yeah, so. and uh, obviously he was a perfect ten on the on the uh, on the great matches front. Right. Uh, he was a tons you know.
0: upon tons.
2: Yep. Um, uh, quite interesting that Bret Hart finished one above him, because if you ask me, like, wh- whose random match would I rather watch, I'd probably rather watch the Taui one. I uh, do. so, yes, um, so who was your next?
0: Uh, 25 four? was Vader.
2: Yes, okay, so, and I had him at 33.
0: Right, um... Hey, I think we'll talk a lot about Bayer on upcoming shows, so I don't think we have to get into it a lot here, but uh, as we saw in the AWA, he said he could be really good really early in 1986 versus Hansen and up uh, to his Masawa stuff in 99 and 2000, I thought he was pretty great. He's somebody that, like, on the, the uh, A on the big lab, I mean... Yeah. Got over in UWFI, got over in New Japan, got over in All Japan, got over in WCW. Over in Mexico. Yeah, to an extent, WWF. (laughs) I mean, he he, he was somebody that kind of ran the gambit uh, throughout the 90s and just, you know, felt like the ace in WCW in 1993, which, yeah, that was a crappy year for the promotion, but he was the stronghold there. Uh, Meanwhile, he was having really great stuff in Japan at UWFI. I like the, the Hansen series from 1990. I, I, I feel like there's it's pretty easy to see the case for Vader. He's somebody I think will be in some people's top ten. Yeah, um,
2: I I mean, I guess my only uh, concern with Vader is that he's the type of guy that doesn't encourage analysis. I think Brock Lesnar's a similar guy who doesn't really encourage, like... It's just like you go, oh, that was awesome. And he's like the most – I think those two guys, and to an extent Hansen's a bit like this as well, but those two guys in particular, Vader and Lesnar, are kind of like guys who encourage a approach to wrestling that you don't really have to think about too much, I think. Um, And, I mean, I I love it as well. Um, And I will tell you that on his big love, Chad, he had seven in basically everything apart from that A rating. He was seven across the board, which is interesting uh, to see. He was the the only guy, I think, uh, who had like seven, 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 seven. So, yes. Um,
0: uh, Anyone else? Uh, That's it for my um, 25. So I'll I'll
2: give you my next. uh, So 28, Rey Mysterio Jr., higher on chads. Yeah. Number 27, uh, Ricky Morton. Uh, number twenty six, Macho Man Randy Savage, and number twenty five is Akiyama.
0: All right. So, really, only Mysterio is the one we got to hold off on. Uh,
2: where was Savage on your list?
0: Savage was number forty one. Forty one. Morton. Morton was number thirty one.
2: Thirty one. Okay. So, um, so Ricky Morton, um great tag wrestler to find the face and peril role lots of good matches uh as part of the rock and roll express um and yeah I mean he's one of probably one of the best sellers ever yeah um that there's ever been is <sighs> there so much more to say about him
0: I, I, no I, yeah I mean he he's someone that when I talked about hard I don't think it's sell in one area I mean Morton's someone that does obviously. Um, I, I I think it is a testament to him though that he could go at it alone in the singles, like the stuff with Flair, mm-hmm. and it'd be really successful. Um, the '86 match that we have a decent chunk of, uh, I, I think that's a great match. Um, is that so, the nose,
2: the nose match, the cage one?
0: Yeah, the one from that. Um, and then part of the draw as well. So, uh, I I, I just think he's probably, ooh, Greatest tag worker ever.
2: Well, I've got another guy
0: higher. I've, I've, I've uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, Martell one slot ahead of him, but I think Martell's single stuff is stronger than Morton. So probably strictly of anybody that I would pretty predominantly hang my hat on being a tag worker, Morton's my highest. Yeah, I, I, I
2: guess my only like uh, knock on Morton would be that he's. T- almost too much of a specialist f- for like, so he's good at that one thing and he's great at it, right. but he'd never like knock on the top 10 for that reason for me.
0: Yeah, um, I-, I can see that.
2: So, um, Randy Savage, I mean, I think he's probably going to be Kelly's number one given that he made the Making the Case show. Um, I can he'd probably be. I don't know if Justin is submitting a list, Chad. Probably not, but he—he no. he would be Justin's number one, wouldn't he? Um,
0: I, I maybe Flair, but uh, he'd be up there. Yeah, uh,
2: I know. Like he's Justin's favorite wrestler.
0: Yeah, Justin's a big fan. Um,
2: uh, so, and I wouldn't be surprised if Savage gets one or two other like top ten votes as well.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I think he'll definitely get top ten votes.
2: Um, I mean, what can you say about Randy Savage? Uh. Well, I mean, maybe we should say, because I was listening to something the other day where somebody said they were binge-watching Randy Savage. So, I mean, um, he's got more than just the Steamboat matches. Uh, I think that, you know, he's got Steamboat, the flair. Anytime he wrestles flair is a good match. I love the DBRC series. He's got the stuff in Memphis with uh, Garvin and Jerry Lawler. Um, What else is there? Uh, the Hogan match, I guess, is pretty good. Um,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I guess we're Savage, the thing with for me is, um, I, I mean, he's a dynamic personality, certainly, and from uh, what well, wins his Memphis run eighty four, eighty four to eighty nine. I think he has just a ton of just great stuff. Really, really good in WWF setting. Um, Tito is another yeah, one. Yeah, the Tito matches. I really do like uh, a, a lot of stuff from there, even beyond the Savage stuff. Uh, do, the DiBiase feud I do think is underrated. Um, but the 1990, when he's doing the Dusty Road stuff, it's kind of a, a lost year. To a degree. He does have the ten rematch, which is nice to show that he still has it. Warrior. uh, the Warrior stuff from ninety one, of course, I'm a huge fan of, but that's I mean Jake Feud. Oh God. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) good too. So he has all that, but it's also like I don't know, from like eighty nine to ninety one though, it's just like there's those three matches. And yeah, that's a good I mean, classics, but I don't know. And then even in 92, he has the flare stuff, but not a whole lot else.
2: I, I really like his performance at SummerSlam 92. Good at selling that leg.
0: Yeah, with Warrior, yeah.
2: With, uh, he did like, great selling the leg on the Mr. Perfect attack. Uh, now,
0: what do you think about his WCW run? Cause i I basically
2: I've, just written her off.
0: I'd yeah, like... I've tried I try to be pretty fair with stuff like that, but it's pretty distracting, honestly, for me with Savage, because you you hear claims about like Flair being the worst worker in the world in 2004, and I think that's a bit overblown. But I do think Randy Savage in 1999 may be the worst worker in the world, or at least the most annoying. Uh, his his feud with Nash is just absolutely all time level bad.
2: What I was never able to get used to on Savage in WCW is that he couldn't get the height on the elbow anymore. And that elbow was just brutal. Like, I don't know. And he has a lot of really short matches on TV and things. Like, I, I don't know. It, like, But I guess that's another thing that I don't... Like, we talked about consistency as being the big thing that I missed on the big lab that I probably have to build in. One of the things that I don't and wouldn't build in is, well, that WCW, one, I don't count it against Savage. I just think right. his, his case is made... On the stuff that we just talked about and that's his case and it doesn't really matter if he was terrible for the next 20, 30 years it doesn't matter um, to me you know, that's just the way I that's just the way I, I weight these things
0: yeah I wouldn't say it matters a ton to me um, I mean that's why I have him at 41 but that's that's why he's 41 and not top 10 for me uh,
2: just yeah. I mean the, 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 the flare matches even in like 96 are right aren't they?
0: I wasn't crazy about that feud when I watched it through the yearbook. I actually thought I would like it a lot more than I ended up. Interesting. Um, honestly, yeah. I, I had high hopes for that, but uh, well, we'll get to that it, it, in due time. It's,
2: it's more of an angle feud than a match feud, I guess.
0: It is, and it's just kind of goofy with like Flair having his... Uh, dinner set up at ringside and uh, i don't i don't know (laughs) it's like they could like they wanted a personal narrative of liz turning on savage to go with flair but they also had some like comedic garbage aspects to it i I felt like they couldn't really
2: dress up as the woman at one point during that feud. well
0: that that's earlier that's uh thing 95 the thing
2: is they feud for a bloody long time that's that's like it's basically like a year of tv almost like on and off what about Akiyama then?
0: Um, so Akiyama's another guy that I think really may end up being. Uh, I mean, we haven't. I feel like high, but he may end up being higher in the overall list because he seems like somebody that's really soared. Um, I'm I'm glad Akiyama's kind of gotten his due to a degree because you heard. I mean, he was always the anointed one when he debuted in 1992. Uh, and it just never quite worked out for him and Noah to be the true ace, which I think is unfortunate because I think if you look at the natural progression of somebody like Masawa, it would be to someone like Akiyama. Um, and it just, it did it never worked out, but that doesn't take away that he had just a ton of amazing matches from 92 really to kind of the last couple of years. He can still, Break out a great match, and and at the, I think Noah, the revisiting of Noah, has really helped Akiyama. The two thousand one like Masawa matches and uh, two thousand two has run in the G one climax, uh, all all that. So that or two thousand three, excuse me. So I, I think that's really helped uh, Akiyama booster up, and you've been watching his kind of rise up the ranks with the Japanese side. I, I just think
2: he's phenomenal in the nineties.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I think, and even like that, um, the '98 Kibashi match. I mean, you heard about the 2004 Tokyo Dome match
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: when you heard about that series, but I, I do think because that,
2: that's it, a sleeper pick for one of yeah, the matches. Yeah, I, I do right?
0: think some people's review of that match kind of tainted it, and you see now with individuals going through the yearbook like myself and Charles that have really. Put it in that
2: upper echelon. Chad, did you agree if that match should happen in WF Ring?
0: Oh, yeah. I thought thought that was a stoop point. I mean, that was. That's a match that has better selling and more drama than. I mean, certainly something like Savage Steamboat.
2: Uh, So we're we're talking about Akiyama versus Kabashi from 98, by the way. Uh, And, uh, I mean, I don't know. He's he's another guy. I mean, he's two places above Ricky Morton here, but. I think you could put him in a conversation with Morton as a contender for the best face in peril. uh, Like, in so many of those tags, he takes naps. As a guy, you can take an absolute kick in. Akiyama's got to be up there, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of weird, though, because I don't really see him as a baby face, and I think that's just because I'm used to his Noah role uh, later on when he's versus Kabashi and kind of had the sternness... Um, the sternest faction of the rugged kind of rough guys that would go against Kabashi. Uh,
2: that's quite interesting. Cause my images of him is like, as like the all time Ultima. Yeah.
0: I can definitely see um, that from my, like 92 to 98. Like,
2: like Ultima all time, like millionaires version of Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Right. But, <laughs> but like if Bagwell was amazing, you know, um, anyway, um, so yeah, that was your next four now, I think.
0: Yeah, my next four, um, twenty four is Crispin Wa. Now, where did you have him? Uh, Fifty one. Fifty one, yeah. Uh, twenty three is Volkan. Somebody you will not rank. Uh, twenty two, Nakano. Yeah. And I'll just say, like my top twenty one when I did this list, I, I kind of thought when I looked at my final list that the top twenty one guys were the ones I would really call elite workers. Right. Um, it went to twenty-one, and my number twenty-one is Tetsumi Fujinami.
2: Wow. Okay. All right. Um, so I have Fujinami higher.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I don't. I guess we won't be Labor Benoit that long. Uh, I, I still, it's not a problem for me to watch his stuff. It just isn't. I don't know. No. I don't know what that says about me, but it's it's not. And I've enjoyed a lot of his performances uh, that I've watched going through the 90s stuff. I still think he was really solid in a lot of areas and really excelled. I I think, like, we talked a little bit with Dean Malenko having the Nitro match that really popped. I thought that he had the Nitro matches that really excelled better than Malenko. The seven to eight minute kind of express special Um, And then up to the stuff really even up to close to his uh, death and murder uh, when he murdered his family that I mean the stuff with MVP from 2007 is not bad and I really like the Finley stuff in 2006 so I do still think Benoit is a great wrestler. I don't know where or what he'll rank um, overall but I, I still think he's really great.
2: I'll just say that I've been mildly disappointed with some of my revisits to his stuff. Um, and despite that, I still think he was a great wrestler.
0: So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's somebody that if I'd have done the list in 2006, I, I, I wouldn't have scoffed at all at him. He finished number three overall. Hmm. And if I personally would have completed a list then, he'd have probably been in my top ten. So he has dropped a little bit, just because I don't think he has the kind of emotional connection, and maybe a slight degree, it is tough to.
2: I I mean I I fully believe that if he hadn't done that and have just like retired, just say, I fully believe that he he would, um, rank in the, exactly the same place for me, and I reckon he would have dropped from that position.
0: Yeah, I think I think no matter what, he'd have dropped some.
2: Just just because I mean. He's got some go-go-go tendencies, for sure, I think. And he... I don't know. There is there is something missing sometimes in his matches. It's, yeah. it's a little bit too mechanical sometimes, you know?
0: Right. I, I do think if you look at kind of an evolved version of Benoit, somebody like Daniel yeah. Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan was someone that excelled even on like the bigger stages. It, I,
2: I, I will it. also say that, I mean, I haven't watched them all, but I I reckon I watched about what five six different Benoit Regal matches and hated them all. So, and I generally like both guys. I don't know why that matchup is. I don't know. I didn't like them in any different setting. Like I watched yeah, them in I'll, indies. I'll I watched like them in. The, w- no w-
0: Mas- the No Mercy two thousand six match I like.
2: I yeah. So. Yeah, that was the one that people say. I that was. But I I saw them have several matches in WCW. I saw them have that indie that memorial match. The, 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 the Brian Pillman Memorial yep. match. Uh, I, I had several matches on WWE TV, kind of SmackDown 6 era. I didn't yeah. like any of them. So that's like if you can't have a good match with William Regal, I don't know what's going wrong with you. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. And I didn't like the, the angle match that I revisited of Benoit's. So all of these things of like, because I would have thought before I made the list that he would have been like a top 30 guy probably, like where all you right. put him. But, like, that, those revisits actually hurt him when I was going back through, you know. Um, Who else was there, Chad?
0: Uh, Volkheim. We'll be brief on him. I just think if you like shoot style, he's one of the best that's ever laced up the boots in that style, just completely slick with his transitions and submissions. Uh, Another guy kind of, like, that if you look at him just in a picture, you think, um, you know, this guy's not dangerous at all, but could absolutely rip your arm off. Um, uh, You know, not many matches, probably around 100, I think, is the total matches, but almost all of them I've found at least enjoyable. So that's kind of a feather in his cap.
2: One thing I'll give him is that the matches I've seen of his have been short. Yes. So I'll give him that.
0: Pretty compact style. Um, With his stuff,
2: which which is actually closer to my brief explorations of MMA, those bouts tend to be real fights tend not to go long, or they go way too long. Like the uh, so yeah, uh, there you go. Carry Uh, on. (laughs)
0: twenty two Bull Nakano, somebody that I I I said I didn't rank any '80s Joshi. There's
2: another butch lesbian
0: predominantly yeah um but she is somebody that i did like her 80s stuff is dump uh, Masumoto's project
2: yeah. and
0: then in the 90s i think she really came into her own like the, the cage matches with aja kong and just the, the great stuff she had a really strong 1994 was able to actually work pretty good in the u.s with the lundra brulee's it's not embarrassing scene. Yeah. Um, somebody that I think just for the first half of the 90s was as good as any other wrestler, and you, when you add into the 80s, you can really build a case that she was a really strong worker overall.
2: I just looked her up quickly, Chad. Has she become a professional golfer? Like I, I'm looking at a picture of her now on her Wikipedia in 2011, and she's become...
0: Uh, well, you know, she, she lost all the
2: weight. She's become femme, as it were.
0: Well, yeah, she lost. Well, she lost the weight, and then when she did her retirement, she gained all the weight back purposely,
2: just just for that one appearance.
0: Yeah, so she would look like she did, and her that's,
2: the, that's dedication.
0: Yeah, um, so that was interesting, and that was really emotional. Her um, her retirement was something else, where she did like the dive off the cage, just like a memorial. Did the leg It was really weird, um, but really kind of fitting uh the, some of the japanese retirements were really kind of emotional
2: uh, I, I, i'll i just say that if i had another three months i reckon like the likes of her and adra kong and so on would would easily make my lips i have just yeah. loved that i love the stuff that i've seen of theirs i just haven't seen enough
0: yeah i think she'd have made it for sure so that's her and then uh, we'll talk about fujinami later
2: okay so my next four we're hitting the home run now chad 24 barry windham 23, Bobby Eaton. 22, Eddie Guerrero. 21, Arlan Anderson. Look at that. Bang, bang, bang. All great <laughs> workers in a row. <laughs> um, so,
0: any of these guys higher for you? No, I think all four were lower. Let me see. Where did I have Wendell? Uh, 56 for Wendell. So okay. I mean, go uh, ahead he, and start he, with him.
2: Well, I mean, Barry Windham is somebody who, when I did my initial rating for him, I thought it was too low, and I actually made a special like I went back and completely re-rated him to <laughs> to make sure that he made it into the top. Because I mean, Barry Wyndham's a great wrestler. Um, he is. If I was right, if I was ranking this list just in terms of the base rating, he'd be like top five. He's a top, right. he's a ten out of ten for that. Um, I guess with Barry, um, he just never quite lived up to the, like, you know, he didn't have a 10 out of 10 career. I'll just put it that way. Right. But even despite that, he has a lot, pretty lot of memorable matches. The run with the Horseman, the matches with Flair, the run um, in 91 and 92 that we've been watching, Chad, with various different guys, uh, some of the early Florida stuff, and then basically I throw out his career after that. After about 93, I throw him out.
0: Yeah, I'd say when he uh, screws up his knee.
2: I mean, he's like after the NWA title, run. Right? Yeah,
0: when he wins the NWA. Because even, I mean, he does have the Regal match in the spring of 93.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that's really good. And that Steamboat match, January of 93. It's, so.
2: it's, it's kind of funny how many of the 80s wrestlers kind of fell off a cliff after about 90, like. So many of them that we've been going through, you know, like well, to Ted, who we may may or may not talk about in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, he'd, like he retires in ninety three. Savage, basically, after ninety three is done as a as a as a proper like at Wyndham here, we'd say would be done in ninety three. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Morton really after about ninety. Like, would you really give him any later than 93? No. No. It's just quite interesting that it's around that point that a lot of guys seem to like not make that transition into the next era of wrestling very well. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say the the fifty six is. I don't know. I mean, it it looks fair, but I'd also possibly a tiny bit low, Chad.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's. uh, I mean, I can put on my head of Ted on my list if you'd like. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, you, I'm you happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just, I mean, a, a potential issue for me. So right. that's why he's as low as he is.
2: Yeah, but he does have a lot. I mean, we should
0: make... He, he definitely does, but, I mean, he could be... I, I mean, in some ways, there's to me, it's like... If you look at the the athletic tools he has... You know, he why couldn't he be top twenty
2: five? Well, he is for me twenty four. Well, I know that. <laughs>
0: but like
2: to, like maybe top ten. You'd want him to be. like
0: like to me. He could have had as many. He had as many tools and chances and opportunities as somebody like Steamboat, right? And I okay. think Steamboat excelled better.
2: Okay, yeah, I can I can see that. Um, we should mention like I I really like the tag match from the Clash. Um, which he's involved with. I like the, um, like, I'm just trying to think of matches beyond the flare matches uh, that you'd throw up. for Wyndham. Well,
0: that Arn Anderson the, match. Yeah.
2: The Arn, a the Arn, the Arn match. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think it's a legit knock against Wyndham that he, like, as we've seen time and time again on this show, Chad, is that he doesn't always live up to his expectations on the pay-per-view shows. And so many of his great matches are on TV. Uh, I just think that's a weird little quirk of his, right? Um, like, you'd want him to have some of those better matches that he has on a Starcade or a Great American Bash or something, but he doesn't always. So, yeah, he does have a few disappointing performances in his in his resume too. Um, Bob Eaton is another ten out of ten base guy. I just think he's a phenomenal worker. Great at every aspect of pro wrestling punching, offense, you know, Biddy Robinson, backbreaker, tilt a world, you name it, Bobby Eaton can do it. Great execution, great at selling. I mean, he is just total package. Doesn't have a lot of charisma, uh, but he had Jim Cornette for that. Um, and about the same sort of length of career as Ricky Morton, really, in terms of being a top guy. But I would actually say that his stuff with Regal and so on a bit later was all right. And he kind of cropped up on Saturday night and things. And, you know, he wasn't like terrible in WCW later on, I wouldn't say. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, he's the best tag wrestler. No, no, actually, there's another guy. (laughs) (laughs) But he's probably like the second best tag wrestler ever. And just, I don't know, great at every aspect of pro wrestling, really. So apart from being a talker. Um, any thoughts yeah, on Bob
0: Eaton? I can pretty much just coastline what you said. I mean, just a tremendous tag worker.
2: And then, I mean, we're really getting to the, in, like all of these guys now. From here on out, on my list, to just like Eddie Guerrero, is there anything he can't do? Um, just good at everything. Um, I can't really think of any thing that Eddie like. He can, he can work technically. He can do a brawl. He can fly off the top rope he can work face he can work heel you know he's got great matches that he's been a part of memorable angles loads of you know pretty lengthy run where he was a top guy in the world uh japan wcw wwe i mean you know mexico he's got he's i mean i don't know like a pretty complete career i would say
0: Yeah, I I would say with Eddie there's a few negatives that I can point to. Um, To me, his early Mexico stuff doesn't hold up as well.
2: Is that when he's Uh, tagging with Love Machine?
0: Art
2: Bar, yeah. Um, I I like some of that stuff, you know.
0: I, I mean, I think there's certain highlights, but I haven't been as crazy about it as I honestly thought I would be watching this stuff. Also, when he first Pops into WCW is like Mr. Generic Vanilla Babyface. It's kind of weird. Um, and then Eddie has kind of these weird years, I mean, that are sort of lost. 1998 is kind of a odd year for him. Uh, 2000, when he was really having the trouble uh, with the abuse and everything, um, is kind of a lost year. So, so those are a couple of, I guess dings against him for something i mean a relatively short career you know 13 14 years so to have uh to have a couple of years that feel completely lost 1999 when he was in the car break you know he's out for half the year there too so he, he kind of has some holes in his uh resume which i which to me is why like i have him at 37 so he ain't quite in the top a quarter of my ballot
2: Alright, well, I, I don't know, I think we could say the same thing for Ricky Steamboat, but we, we'll uh, we'll get to him shortly, I'm sure. Wow. Um, okay, and 21, Arn Anderson, I mean, God, uh, what can you say about Arne? Um Not a huge amount of great matches, I guess, for a guy who was basically on TV for a decade. Um, but, like, I mean, I've given him a 9 for Variety. He's a great pro wrestler in every single sense. All-time best Stooger, arguably. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we think of that Clash 17 match. And I I mean, I don't think I'd be alone. I just absolutely love Arn Anderson and have done since I was about seven or eight years old. I mean, I just, I love the Brain Busters. I love the, the tag team with Tully. I love him in the Dangerous Alliance. You know, he's basically like, like the heart and soul of the Four Horseman. Um, and he does have that match with Barry Windham, which is, I, I have like what four and three quarters. Right. So it's not like he's incapable. I like like the people like the Regal match quite a lot. Um, I like the flare match that he has. I mean, it's not like a great match. It's pretty memorable. Um, and then I guess if you'd count up all the great, tag matches he was part of i mean i know you like the rock and rolls uh one with ole anderson
0: mm-hmm. uh
2: yeah i mean what else is that to say about on
0: yeah i mean i think he's just like the consummate great wrestler in and out i agree with you not too many i guess four and a half star plus singles matches in his career but you know, you give him seven and eight minutes on TV, and he was gonna make it worth your while I, every time out.
2: I would say that if I if I had built in the consistency rating into Big Love, he'd be probably the number one ten out of ten. Yeah,
0: yeah, he'd be certainly up there. Uh, not many matches I think you can point to and say Arn was bad in that match.
2: Yep, absolutely great. I'm one of the heroes of where the big boys play, I would say, uh, right. consistently. So. Um. So you've got four. You've got your 24 to 20, or have we done that as well? Yeah,
0: yeah, 21 was uh, Fujinami, so now right. it's uh, time for the top 20. Wow.
2: Yes, so let's take a quick break, Chad, and when we come back, we will nail this top 20.
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on The Place to Be Nation placetobenation.com The Kevin Kelly Show Every episode is a winner At least we hope Place for Nation's Justin Rosero here. In addition to the Kevin Kelly Show, we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes and PlaceForNation.com. You can check out Scott Criscolo and me on the Mothership, the place to be podcast, with our famous Vintage Vault pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current day wrestling with main event, Mission Indie Possible, and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor super shows. And we live wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects and in the form of exercises and games. We got sports covered too with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott. Dr G Cowboy and Cowboy Senior, The King's of Sport led by Live Audio Wrestling's Godfather Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McLoon Show. PTBN Tackles Pop Culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular. And if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on placefutation.com where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments and more. We want to thank our friends at Boneheads Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island and Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott keats blog of doom be sure to follow us on facebook twitter instagram and tumblr as well place the only place to be in your pop culture world this is parv and i'm
2: here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the pro wrestling only place to be nation podcast network that's the pwo ptbn podcast network where you'll find a ton of in-depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zelmer's One Two Punch of Exile on Bad Street and with David Bickenspan, The Smash hit Between the Sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave, Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with Good Old Will from Texas. We've got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tib Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show, Tag Teams back again with Kelly and Marty Slees, and a ton of other great shows too. And of course, there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network. Well, welcome back, everyone. And now it's time, Chad. It's the top 20. All the messing around is done. This is the business end. <laughs> this yeah, is the, the bit we all care about, isn't it?
0: The, uh, uh the heavy hitters here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think we've already broken into. I mean, look at that. I, I tell you what, that that list there from thirty to twenty-one there is just makes me excited. To look at it: Wyndham, Peter, strong. Guerrero, Anderson. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to slow down a bit now and just take it man by man. Okay. And I'm going to go with my twenty, Chad, because it's my boy, Ted DiBiase. Oh boy! <laughs> now, I don't think this is an absurdly high rating frame at all, and <laughs> I, I, even though I may be the high vote on him.
0: Yeah, uh, you can. That your heavy hitters argument just went out the window. One name, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: okay, and I, it, it, in deadly seriousness, okay, um, my favorite wrestling promotions are. All Japan Pro Wrestling, Crockett Promotions slash, you know, WCW of the early 90s, right. um, NWA, whatever you want to call it, and Mid-South Pro Wrestling, okay? And Mid-South, the linchpin of Mid-South, pretty indisputably, is Ted DiBiase. Sure. Um, and, I mean, I've been watching that stuff recently, and, I'm, I mean, I absolutely love that promotion. It is just the... it's. It's basically perfect, okay? And I've I've been watching Ted have matches with all sorts of different opponents and been brilliant against all of them, like Magnum TA, Jake Roberts. I I watched one the other night with Bob Sweetsan, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like... I mean, I talk about... um, uh, like a like a ring general, I talk about a guy who 's able to make anybody look good to get any situation over to work babyface to work heel to work tags to work brawls you know if you want him to if you want him to you know work a more technical match, he can do it for you just just brilliant pro wrestler um, and unlike Barry Wyndham, uh, I think he was able to have some of the opportunities as the top guy in a promotion like run by somebody who really knew what he was doing, Bill Watts. And then he went on to have a... a, a, a I guess the thing people know D B for the most is his Million Dollar Man one. But again, he was in a promotion that kind of knew what they were doing and were able to kind of play him to his strengths in a way. But I guess then... I mean, it is a fair knock on him that he doesn't have more great stuff. But again, because he's such a good worker, he often gets tied with less talented guys. I mean, after Savage, who did he feud? Hercules and Andes, you know. Then he had to feud with Dusty. Then he had to feud with Virgil, of all, of all people. So it's like, well, okay, if you're a ta- if you're a worker who's that talented, you're gonna get given scrubs essentially to get over. I'm not calling Dusty Rhodes a scrub, but you know what I'm saying. Like, you y- you're often gonna have to work with Less talented guys. Um, but anyway, his case is built on the Mid-South stuff. He also has the Georgia run. He also has the All Japan stuff, which I think is perfectly good. Um, I've seen people say that he should have been having better matches there, but I think he's perfectly serviceable as Stan Hansen Jr. there. Um, the Georgia stuff is... I mean, the other thing with Ted is that... I, I don't know if you want to wait this or not, but... Uh, he could arguably say that he was in the best ever Georgia angle of all time, the the one with the free birds, the best ever mid-south angle of all time, um, and the best ever WF angle of all time, which would be more contentious, but that evil twin ref stuff is pretty memorable. So uh, there we go. That's my case on Ted. Where did you have him, Chad? I
0: had him, uh, what was it, 55? Let me give a quick look. Yeah, 55, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean, I, 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 mean not that, I could co-sign a lot of what you said. It's just probably a little lower on the, uh, I mean, the Million Dollar Man stuff. Yeah, you didn't have much to work with, uh, C, but I see, I but I, there wasn't much. Mir- I mean, there was a couple of miracles maybe with the Virgil match, but uh, beyond that, not a whole lot there.
2: He's got a decent match with Brett. And a decent match with uh, Sean out there.
0: Yeah, I I really didn't like the match he had with Warrior in Japan.
2: No, that's not that's not a great match.
0: I thought that was pretty awful. But he does have a better
2: match with Warrior on Saturday night's main event. I, yeah. I mean I, I do think it's a fair knock on uh, Ted and a lot of guys who worked WF in that in that period that they did really like, phone it in a lot on some... I mean, yeah, I reckon the same knock you can make on Brett about some of those house show things. I mean, Ted and uh, Ricky Steamboat have a really poor match at the King of the Ring. You, could, They're just completely on autopilot. They don't, you know... They're not trying to have a great match. They're not trying to do anything, really. They're having, like, their version of... A, like, a Baron's Cluner match, essentially. Yeah,
0: we're just gonna work a headlock and
2: Yeah. So but like it uh, consistently like consistently i don't rate guys on stuff they do after their peak i rate them on their peak and his peak is i mean i don't know like it, to me he's one of the if you look at the 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 dvdr sets each one of them has what Pete would call it like a stud worker i don't see how you can not say he wasn't there
0: yeah he's uh, a, i mean he <laughs> i think he's really great in mid south i know uh somebody like Phil Schneider that was on the committee says that he got tired of the loaded glove finish. It, yeah. Yeah. Um I I mean, to me that's I guess like in some way a valid constraint, but like I mean, I personally get a little tired of Jerry Lawler's uh some of his hill stuff in nineteen ninety and I mean, you haven't heard either of us mention his name yet, so he's going to be pretty high. So, I, you know, if I can forgive one thing, I can forgive every, the other. Every,
2: every worker's got stuff they do, and obviously he wasn't the guy choosing the finish. It was right. Bill Watts every time. Anyway, so that's uh, Ted. I'll be interested. I, I, I'd I assume I'd be the high vote on Ted.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. But, but, I mean,
2: you mentioned Phil Schneider there. I, I mean, I do think it's fair to say that he is one of the most influential guys around. And so is Dylan. And both of those aren't Ted guys, I guess. So, you know, I, th- I think there's such certain things that can hurt. I mean, neither of those guys are jumbo guys either. And, uh, you know, it's just a reality of, like, you have influential people in various different circles. Um, and certain things, certain critiques kind of stick if it can get people out of watching loads of footage, I reckon. So, um, yeah, who's your number 20, Chad? Nick Barquinkle, so. Ooh, well, I have him higher. Yeah. Okay, my number 19 is someone I know that you already said that you're not going to rank Chad. It's Jim Brakes. Yeah. No, you're not ranking him on the principle that you're not ranking any older sport guys, right?
0: Right. He would definitely be ranked, uh, like I said in the first show, I've probably seen about 10 matches of him. I could see him, uh, you know, I don't think I would rank him in my top 21 of what I've seen of those elite workers, but I could see him slotting in like around where Volcan, Crispin while Vader that grouping. So 20s, not too far off from where you are.
2: I mean, he's another 10 out of 10 for the base. Just tremendous at what he does. Sick limb work, sick, like finger work. Um, like, you know, the gym break special where he bends the wrist back. It's such a sick move, you know. Um, all-time great heel. All-time, like, just charisma through the roof. Um, and honestly, I mean, he stands out from the world of sport footage like a mile, I would say. Like, I, I have him head and shoulders above any of the other guys. Um, and I maintain... That he could get over anywhere, that he was that good. So, anything else to say about uh, him? The, the only thing is he was pretty lowballed on that A rating on the. He's he. I, I I do think there's an argument to say that if you've seen one Jim Briggs match, you've kind of get you kind of get it you already.
0: Get the gist, yeah.
2: Yeah. So like, if you sat down and watched like 20 in a row, you do start to see spots repeat again and again but it's like any worker you know any any worker has stuff that they go to and gym breaks is no different um but yeah a great so who's who's your 19
0: number 19 ricky steamboat
2: Ooh, i have him higher chad <laughs> do you know where he is uh what number 18 <laughs> he is he's number 18 yeah there you go <laughs> so why don't you talk about steamboat now
0: um, eh, He's somebody that I just really like. I, I I guess we can get into this with the lost years, and yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think his peak's a little higher than Guerrero. Uh, certainly the Savage match, the Toronto one, I uh, think is as good as any match Eddie Guerrero ever had. Uh, I think the Flair matches are on another level, um, as we've discussed in great detail. And he yeah, I mean, even in the 90s, he has just a ton of stuff coming out. I mean, really, from 91, when he's able to come back to WCW till he retires in 94, that's a three-year gap that's a pretty good capper on his career. And his uh, WWF run, there is some, I guess, maybe slightly disappointing stuff, but I think there's just a lot of good, too, with the Savage feud and I uh, I just think he has a lot to offer.
2: No, I'm actually a little bit surprised that he's this high, Chad. Only because in my years of doing this show with you, like I think initially you seemed like you were a tiny bit like critical of Steamboat for not having enough fire and things like that. Have you turned a corner on him in any way? I think.
0: Um, I mean, I think Steamboat has a couple of instances where. He'll do that like goofy selling, like his selling off the atomic drop sometimes when he gives an atomic drop and he mimics like rude. Yeah, it, it's kind of goofy. Um, and then there's also I do think I've been uh, probably too critical, of, like his 1990, like when he took his ball and went home, kind of the personal aspect. I've been a little disappointed in how he's acted uh, throughout his career. But in ring, I've always thought he was one of the better baby faces, and I do think going through the '90s stuff again with you, Parv, has helped me a little bit uh, to appreciate yeah. him. I mean, I, I knew I liked the rude stuff, but like when we started the podcast, I hadn't watched it in a while, yeah. and that was just, you know, two fantastic pay per view matches. And he has the tag matches that are fantastic when he comes back. He has uh, stuff that I've watched on the 94 Yearbook with Austin that I really enjoy. So he has a lot to offer.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can say. I mean, Ricky Steamboat is just one of the best workers of all time. There's no way that it's one of those cases where the hype around the guy, I think he lives, I just think he's got the matches, you know? I mean, even if you go back, um, like he, bl- I remember when we watched uh, the uh, late seventies, mid Atlantic stuff. Just, mm-hmm. just, just blew us away on the Titans. Uh, just yeah. watching like, yeah. garbage tape footage, you know, just like amazing. Like so, I reckon he was just legitimately great from seventy eight to the went when his career ended. Um, yes, he has those gaps, but then. I mean, look. There's the savage match. There's final conflict. There's like it, it, there's a flare match from eighty four. That's pretty yeah. good. Some some of his Japan stuff is good. You know, it, I mean, like I actually did think that that's probably his most disappointing stuff was in all Japan, um, where he's a bit kind of a, a bit more kind of likely to sit in a headlock or something.
0: Yeah, a little mundane, I guess, in all Japan. I don't know.
2: But he's got that chic match eye, which I love. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, And he, well, I guess you could say he shows a bit of fire.
0: He does that. show it in that match, um, uh, for sure. I, I I mean, I do think when I started the podcast, kind of where I was at as a fan was probably more heel-oriented.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And lately, I know kind of in the past couple of years, I've, the uh, art of a baby face has kind of been more attractive to me. So, and that's something obviously Steamboat excels in to a good degree.
2: Yeah. Just, uh, just tremendous. Like a, a, in terms of a baby face, I don't know what more you could want from a guy. Um, really. Who is your number 18, Jan uh,
0: My number 18, somebody you won't have on your list. It's El Hijo del Santo. Yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, santo would you know not talk about another great baby face just a classic figure somebody that had a legacy you know he has the name he has the legacy but he didn't come to rest on his laurels which i appreciate uh a guy that that yeah, does have a formula for sure but i think it makes it up and i think when he does have the brawls that's actually some of the more intriguing stuff that i've seen from santo but it's someone like 1987. He has the great match with Casas. His feud with Negro Casas from '87 to '97, which I think they have a absolute classic five star affair uh, at the anniversary show. His hill turn stuff is incredible. Even like the brawl he was having in 2012 uh, was an amazing another four and three quarter star match. So he just has years upon years of these classic performances. And even I think in a six man match when Santo really wants to shine, he can shine and just be a spectacular diver and, uh, really kind of dazzle you as the viewer.
2: Great. Well, I mean, I, I will say, um, I really like that Cassis match. So there's that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Shall we uh, move on? Uh, number 17. Uh, in fact, it was interesting that he ranked here. One place above Ricky Steamboat, it's Rick Martel. Now, where was he on your list, Chad?
0: He was uh, 30 for me.
2: Yeah, now... Rick I would
0: Ma- say this is a pretty monster rating.
2: Now, Rick Martel, honest to God, in the time that I've been watching wrestling again, I guess you could say... Which roughly coincides with the period that we've been doing this podcast, Chad. Maybe a little bit before that. But really, I came back to wrestling in 2011 in a a big way, I'd say. Um, I think the guy who has gone up most in my estimation during that time is Rick Martel. The dude was, I mean, everything we said about Steamboat, I, I think is kind of true of Rick Martel as well. Just, I mean, phenomenal seller. Great fire. Um, really expressive worker, Um, and in every single setting that I've seen him, he has excelled. I mean, he's great in the AWA stuff. He's great when he crops up in Japan. He has been absolutely phenomenal in 1980, 1981, in the tag team with Tony Greer, which sounds ridiculous, but, I mean, aren't, you've seen that backland the era stuff, Chad. Right. The undercards are brutal. The tag scene is horrible. And Rick Martel comes in and he's just working his yeah. ass off in the I mean, I
0: mean I mean, having good matches in that era is an accomplishment. That's, that's something where it certainly helps to know the context. Because yeah. if you just watch the matches in a vacuum, there's a lot of, I don't know, I'd say like two and a half to three star matches. Yeah. But uh, I mean, just today, the day we're recording the the uh, Hogan title win MSG show, we reviewed it for Place to Be Nation, and I mean that's just a bad. That's a bad card. Just terrible yeah. matches. Your boy Fuji's in a twenty minute match with the <laughs> Invaders, and it's just a, a headlock fiesta. So seeing Martel actually work and do stuff and sell be a great. Uh, face and peril was uh certainly refreshing with like the baron trotting around and all that.
2: Yep. Um so yeah, I mean I, I don't know what else to say about uh Rick Martet. He's got a great match with uh uh with Flair, of course. He's got good matches with uh Jumbo. I really like some of those. Mm-hmm. He's got matches with uh Bok and Hansen and I mean, I don't know. Like, he's got a match against Terry Funk. That's awesome in uh, Puerto Rico. Have you seen that one?
0: Yep, with the uh, crotch.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, we did a pretty long show with uh, Stephen, like a special look at Rick Martel. Uh, yep. That was pretty interesting to see. He's got a great match against Bock. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, Buddy Rose. Buddy Rose is another one. Yeah, that's a re- that's another really good match. So, yeah, he's got lots of. Stuff in his resume, um, I would say like not as many great matches as Ricky Steamboat, um, but he's probably got a greater variety than him across his career, and he could do more stuff because, of course, he worked. He could work as a heel and like even though the model run, you'd say is probably like the the low point of his career, Chad. He's got some pretty memorable stuff there, too. I mean, the Sean feud in 92. The
0: What about the Royal Rumble? Uh, the Jake Roberts feud. The Jake, the
2: Jake Roberts feud, which is like a kind of... A cycle, like a kind of masterpiece of crowd control and psychology, you yeah, could argue. Yep. Um, there's the Royal Rumble performance of his. Right. Uh, yeah, and he actually has a spirited little run in WCW after that as well.
0: Yeah, in uh, 98. Yeah, I mean, he was... He was I would say good till he couldn't wrestle anymore. So that's that's I mean in 98 he feels like a relic to some degree but I mean he's having good matches with Booker T. To to
2: to me he combines like the selling and the technical excellence of Steamboat with like the fire of Tito and the kind of the always giving it 100% kind of vibe of of Tito Santana so I don't know. I th- I think uh, Rick Martel's a really great wrestler. I'd be interested to see if I'm the high, high vote that, on him there at seventeen.
0: Yeah, you may be there. Um, my seventeen is Shinya Hashimoto. Now, where did you have you had him he, way down at he, thirty nine? He's a, he's at thirty nine, which seems
2: seems all right to me. Carry on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting because we're kind of. Our seventeens is your boy Martel, who I like, but I think seventeens pretty gracious for him. And have Hashimoto. I, I mean, I think Hashimoto is uh, pretty clearly of the Three Musketeers, the ace that could bring it consistently. Muto and Chono may have better matches overall, but uh, at you know the G one ninety one, you didn't
2: rank the other two at all, did you?
0: No, no. I I find them way too inconsistent. And Hashimoto really shines. I love the Tenru stuff in '93 and '94, uh, the, the Tenru stuff in '98. Uh, he has the stuff with Ogawa, with Yamazaki, the Takata match. I mean, there's just a, a list of stuff for Hashimoto, stuff with Vader even in '89 up to his match with Kawada in 2004 and his 0 stuff, which the Kawada match, I'm probably not as high as some people, but I still have it as a very good match. Um, so I think from, you know, 1989 to 2004, Hashimoto really brought it pretty much on a consistent basis.
2: Well, I'd agree that he's got some very good performances and some very good matches. Um, in my explorations of him, I found him a little bit too... A little bit two-dimensional. Um, in so much as... He's basically a souped-up version of Wahoo. In my mind. Who can kick. I mean, he's... He, like, he is basically a... Chop, kick... With some mat work type guy. He doesn't really do anything else. Do you think that's fair?
0: No, I think he has much more than that. I mean, he has some... Nuance type brawling, uh, some submission work. When he gets in there with the shoot style guys, he doesn't feel like he's clearly outclassed, uh, which is a good testament because that would be easy like with them on the mat for him to feel really out of sorts. Um, Even the stuff like with Hase, he doesn't feel outclassed.
2: Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I might be a low guy. on. Yeah. Kashimoto. I think it'll be
0: pretty low for somebody that's like, ranking Hashimoto. Of, of, the,
2: of the people who rank Hashimoto, I might right. be the, 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 the low vote, I guess. Although I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard uh, Charles say that he'd put him up in that sort of range as well. So, um, I, I mean, might, I might not be the old, yeah.
0: Yeah. you and Charles can both be wrong together. That's fine.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah, well, I guess one of my little issues is that his high ticket matches, like his greatest hits, they seem to me to be like not many of them are breaking that 4.5 barrier that I want to
0: see. Yeah, I I, I do think that's, I mean, that's something for him and why he may not be like my top 10 is I don't think he's ever had a five star match, Um, eh, even like four and three quarters, maybe not. So that's, I mean, that's legit, like, in this type of range where it gets nitpicky. But, I mean, for somebody like Martel, I mean, I don't know what I have of his above 4.5 either. So that's kind of where I'm at.
2: Okay. So that was your 17. Right. My 16, I'm pretty sure you'll have higher. It's Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, we'll have him higher.
2: So we can move on to your 16.
0: Uh, You should have uh, my 16 higher as well, and that is Jerry the King Lawler.
2: I do have him higher. Okay, this is going to be quick, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My 15 is Ricky Choshu, who I I think you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I had him uh, pretty low, actually, down at 40.
2: Down at 40. So you've got Hashimoto above Choshu.
0: Yes. I have him... Above Choshu by a safe margin. Now you told you t- said Hashimoto was two dimensional. I see that with Choshu to a d- good degree. Right.
2: Um,
0: I, I, I will I
2: say did. I will say their match together is pretty awesome. Uh,
0: which one did was that
2: the the, the, the Choshu, uh, Hashim- Hashimoto? Hashimoto. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that one. I I haven't got the date on me here, but I seem to remember it being pretty good. Um, they did have a match together, didn't they? It was it
0: 98?
2: one I want to say it was 98, the one I saw. Uh,
0: but, uh, maybe the the G1-98.
2: Yeah. yeah it, it seemed to be like a pretty big arena match for my yeah,
0: central match. Yeah, arena. well, they yeah, they had a match at the Tokyo Dome, one 4 That was really good, too.
2: Yeah. I, I I don't know. I thought that lived up to... That was one of the best uh, Choshu singles matches I've seen. Um, well, I mean he is somebody who's in an awful lot of really good matches that I love, mainly in a tag setting. Um, He's probably been helped by the fact that I'm literally coming off the uh, Choshu's army feud uh, from the new Japan stuff in which he is the coolest motherfucker on the planet, basically. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's just so cool in that stuff. Um, I, I do have some problems with his singles work. Chad, um, which sometimes is a bit too dependent on the Scorpion Deathlock and too kind of Matt based for my tastes, but stick him in there with a with a Yatsu or one of his other minions, and all of a sudden he transforms into being like this million miles an hour ass kicker. So he's mainly there on the strength of eighties New Japan and eighties All Japan. Uh, but in my little explorations of him outside of that, in the nineties, he also has some pretty good matches that I've that I've seen. Um, I, I I can't think of any right now, but uh, but I I've definitely seen him in crop up here and there.
0: Having, yeah, I mean his stuff. I I mean I think in the dome setting he had some good matches, like the Tender '93 match. Yeah, is that, that one floppy, but uh, and, and it's a good match. I had it three and three quarters and then they had a match in April, which I thought kind of tightened things up a good bit.
2: So I I don't know. I just think he's I mean, he's helped out by a monster intangibles rating, of course. Ten. <laughs> um, mm. He's just like the close. He's like a superstar who can also work um, which is pretty good. Uh, also a good variety rating as well for him. Um yeah, I'm just interested to see why. like, So, what makes Hashimoto a uh, 17 guy and Choshu a 40 guy for you?
0: Um, I, th- I think it's the singles stuff for me. I mean, Hashimoto's best singles matches versus Tenru and maybe versus Chosu and like the Jushin Liar match, I have higher than. I mean, the big feud with Choshu is versus Fujinami and the highest I had any of those matches was four and a quarter. Uh, Choshu's match with Jumbo was really disappointing considering what was going on. And then, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, again, with Choshu, is like you don't want to critique him because I had him at 40. That's really high. I think he's great, but I do think he's prone to lock in a sharpshooter and just hang out, whereas yeah. I think Hashimoto was someone that was really able to work with the shoot-style workers, work with guys from other promotions, work well with juniors kind of rising up like Liger, work with Monsters and Vader, where now all of a sudden he's kind of in an underdog role. Uh, I see him as a little more versatile than uh, Choshu.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you that that match I was talking about was 8-2-96, Chad. Ah yes, which I had at four and three, uh, four and three quarters. So I really was pretty high on that Choshu Hashimoto match, and that's probably the best hash match I've seen, and the best Choshu singles match I've seen. So it's interesting that we're talking about them together here. Um, yeah, I also had a the the Liger match that you mentioned with Hash at four point five. So.
0: Yeah, I actually only had the eight two ninety six match at uh, four stars.
2: So. And I got I got the hash ten review of ninety four at
1: mm-hmm. four. So
0: and I think that was that would be a match that if you watch the whole feud in context, it would I I think it raises that. The war versus New Japan, because that's uh Right I think a really good blow off um to that feud.
2: But yeah, so it's inter- it's just interesting that we've got Choshu and hash kind of like the other way around on our, like you've yep. got him in this range and I've got him up, up there in 39.
0: Yeah. I think both of them will probably do pretty well. I th- I think Hashimoto will do better, but they'll be pretty close.
2: I, I, on my prediction, Chad, and we can make this bet now is that Choshu will finish higher than hash on the final list.
0: Oh, you think so? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll take that bet.
2: All right. Let's make that bet then. Um, so what's the stakes though, Chad, we need stakes. Uh, i tell you what i tell you what right if i lose if i win you have to present all japan excite series season two with steven how about that
0: (laughs) the loser has to do a podcast with steven yeah (laughs) oh boy we're shooting we're shooting um now, like, how about uh, whoever loses has to review a match on the board of the uh, winner's choice. Okay, fine. We'll put fine, that. That'll be fine, good. Fine, that'll be good.
2: Right. There we go. So who was your 15?
0: Uh, Aja Kong. Now
2: oh, uh, hold, hold on. He was Your 16 was?
0: Jerry Lawler.
2: Jerry Lawler. okay. And your 15 was? Hat, was
0: uh, Aja
2: Kong. Aja Kong, okay. Why don't you talk about her.
0: Uh, my top Joshi worker of all time, just a monster. Uh, I, I think she, everything that's great about Vader, but was more of an ace and a hotter promotion. So that's why she's a little bit above Vader and has just tremendous longevity. I mean, in 1999, she's having awesome matches with Miko Satomura and, and Gaia and, uh, from 92 to 94 really till she lost the the big belt and um, All Japan Women she was just a monster I mean she was the ace of the promotion she took it from Bull at uh, Dream Rush and she carried that torch up to 94 but I think the testament to Aja is beyond that in 99 and 2000 and 2001. She was still having strong matches when so many other of her counterparts were really starting to show their age and, uh, deteriorate. Now, now,
2: Chad, one thing I've, noticed is that you've got all the all the butch ones at at the top of your list. Like what happened to like all the like the more kind of go go workers? Are they- well
0: I mean I, I mean I have to- Toyota ranked, but she's so polarizing. Um the other ones, I mean even somebody like Mayumi Ozaki yeah. and uh, Dylan did a long post on Hoda today. Uh and those those two are more I would say on the vicious side as well. I, I mean, I think your uh, typical face is more of an 80s thing, like the Crush Girls, Chigusa, Nogaya, and uh, Jaguar Yokuda. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for a list like this in the 90s, there's not a lot to kind of hang your hat on for that type of Joshi worker.
2: Right, okay. Just, just interested uh like... So of the, who are the other Joshi workers that, just remind us who, who else you ranked and in what order.
0: Um, so I have, uh, let me, let me go through. I mean, I'll say like Kyoko Inoue was one of the last cuts and she's more in that kind of go, go, go energetic face style. Um, but of the Joshi workers I will ranked, uh, Mayumi Ozaki, uh, let's see, Mariko Yoshida, Manami Toyota, uh, I think Dynamite Kanzai, or Akira Hokuto, Dynamite Kanzai, uh, and then uh, Bonakano Asha Kong. Right. Okay. So I think that was, what, six, six or seven? Right. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and I think Kong will make the top 100. I hope so. Or, 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 I I can't foresee or not, but I think it. I think that would be a shame if. I, she didn't.
2: I think anybody's going to vote Joshi she's going to vote for her, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that would be a pretty big oversight if she would. I mean, she was eighteenth last time.
2: Well, just knowing how the points work, like your vote there at fifteen, and like let's just say if like two other people vote her there, I reckon she'll probably make it because right. th- it's a hell of a lot of points when you get up to this point. It's like eighty odd points for reaching like fifteen. So, um, anyway, um, my fourteen Chad is William Regal. Ooh. Now, where do you have him?
0: Oh, I don't know. Let me let me do a search here. I had him at forty six.
2: Now, Regal's a guy. I've always loved Chad, but I also did a recent kind of like. I guess just a bit of a primer, like a revisit to different points in his career. It wasn't an extensive deep dive, but it was like a. I did basically just do nothing but watch William Regal matches for about a week. So, um, yeah, I went. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, he uh, was on TV. He's been on TV for a long time, so he's benefits from that kind of longevity. He has some really good performances. Um, like his lowest rating is the, is the G is the, is the great matches of which he only gets one, um, like one point in the great matches stakes. I think that's mm-hmm. fair, but he's honestly, he's got like nine, nine, 10, eight, 10 is the rest of his stats. I just think he's a phenomenal pro wrestler who is one of the all time great kind of facial people like he's just his facial expressions alone like i mean i've given him a nine on the intangibles just because honestly like unless you actually get rowan atkinson i don't know who's better (laughs) in the world it like literally in the world at doing facial like jim carrey say maybe um i like i honestly think regal's like on that level when it comes to that sort of stuff um so stiff uh in so many of those like those finley brawls and the those New Japan matches we talked about against um, uh, uh, Muto and the Hashimoto match that he's got. And I don't, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Why is William Regal only at 40-odd for you?
0: Come on. you got to stop presenting it that way. That's still great. <laughs> no, I, I know. But I, I actually
2: reckon that I won't be the high vote on Regal at 40.
0: Eh, maybe. Yeah. And I think you're pushing it. Um. Yeah, I can't disagree with what you said. It's just I don't think his top end stuff matches the other top I, end stuff I, of it, a lot it, of the guys over that it, I have around. It here.
2: actually doesn't surprise me because I know you've always favored that the, the great matches metric more than more than a lot of people, and I I do I do think it's a weak. I mean, for a guy who had such a long career and who has such a variety of great people he's had matches with he really doesn't have that five-star match that you'd be looking for.
0: Yeah, even something like the... uh, I know you raved about the Uncensored-Finley match, and I like that match a lot too, but I saw that as more like a four-star. Well, I
2: I didn't give it five stars, did I? I gave it it four four, four stars, right?
0: I thought you gave it four and a half.
2: Or maybe four, yeah, maybe 4.5. But, like, that's where he's capped.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's where he caps for me,
2: sure. Yeah, but, like, that's also where, like... I don't know. I I just think that he has a lot of good TV stuff, a lot of good pay-per-view stuff. I mean, like there's that Bulldog match in 93 which I really love and I can't wait to get back to it actually because I think it's something quite unique like in the history of pay-per-views and things. I don't really, I still don't really understand what that Regal Bulldog match is like what style is that? Because it's nothing like it. It's nothing like anything else I can remember seeing. Um, so there's that, there's the Arn match which I'm looking forward to rewatching with you Chad there's all sorts of things uh, that Regal has in, he's actually got some pretty good stuff in his like back when he was in Europe like he's got a pretty cool run with uh, Robbie Brookside, as like a blowjob babyface tag team mm-hmm. and like some of that stuff is pretty good you know um, he's got that uh, there's that match with that kind of gritty uh, brawler I forget his name now What's his name, that dude? Let I, I me mean, just have to... Uh, Rudge. Uh, oh,
0: Terry Rudge.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good hidden gem match from 1988 that they have in Germany. Really kind of gritty. Um, you know, if you like the Finley brawls, I don't know. I, I, I just love the grittiness of Regal when he's at his absolute best. Um, my... And he can bring it like that. That, pe- that people were telling me to watch those matches from um, um was it uh, not NXT? What was that thing called? The pre NXT thing? F-
0: yeah, the uh, Florida Championship. Wrestling. Yeah,
2: FC. I mean, he's got some good stuff there as well. You know, good stuff just on random Raws and Smackdowns and things. I don't know. I just think he's someone we've seen like his entire career on TV. And he's, to me, he's got a better kind of, like, I just think he's better than, like, say, Dustin Rhodes, say. Which I don't know if that's a big claim, but I just think his, his like, base skills and so on are are better than a Dustin Rhodes. And he's got the same kind of variety of matches and things. So, so yes, I, I, I'll I be interested to see. I reckon people will go higher than 14. I'm pretty sure I heard on that. Um, that show that we listened to the, the what's it called? Oh, uh,
0: we don't know wrestling.
2: Like, didn't somebody have Regal at Seven on their list there?
0: Can't remember. Maybe it's possible. Um, so. who is your fourteen, Jen? El Santanico.
2: Why did not you talk to me about
0: him? Just uh, right. I, I think a tremendous worker. I think if Mokokota transcends, this guy should transcend too. 1984 is an incredible year. You got the Grand Coaches, the Koshinaka match, uh, the Atlantis match. 1989 has the match of Sangre Chicano, which is fabulous. 2000 with Dandy. Dandy may be the best worker in the world. Uh, Centenico is number two. And that's with somebody like Jumbo Saruta also having a complete all-time year. Uh, and then, you know, 93 has the stuff with... Uh, Fiorata Morgan, another four and three quarter star match, as well as the uh, Lizmar match, which I've just recently watched, and it's also great. I, uh, Elliot made a, I think, a tremendous post on PWO um, that I would recommend everyone reading. But uh, Santanico was someone that I hadn't watched a lot of till I watched the '80s lucha stuff, and he really resonated with me as like the ultimate kind of Rudo.
2: Yeah I mean I will say that I kind of do, I do like him Chad from the stuff I've seen um and he's one of the lucha guys that stood out a bit but I just didn't have the inclination really to do any more of a deep dive on the on the lucha guys um and uh, I do see it as a personal failing because like you know he's got some good sp- stuff out there that I that I've watched and reviewed so Yes, um, any, uh, so your 14 was Santanico. it's now time for my 13, which was Fujinami, who you had at 20.
0: Okay.
2: You had at 21, Fujinami.
0: Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, I mean, Fujinami, I, I mean, I just watched a lot of the 80s New Japan stuff, and really, I mean, if we said, that you know, I said if Ten, Ted was the linchpin of... Mid-South, which was one of the great promotions. Fujinami was the linchpin of New Japan in the 1980s and he has really good performances and matches against a huge variety of different opponents. Like Just in the space of 1980-1981, he just moves through so many different guys and is good with every single one of them, working different styles of opponents. Um, He can work as a junior he can work as a he can kind of step up and work and more kind a of heavyweight main event style he's a tremendous fiery baby face um, he's just a complete, like an all round complete worker, uh, Fujinami who can do everything I'd, and this is reflected in the fact I've got him 13 and I would actually say that if somebody had him number 4 say he wouldn't look out of place to me
0: yeah I can I can see that. Um yeah. I I I mean he might get number one vote. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't I, look that odd. I hard, mean that's you know. how it is. Like to me like the my top twenty one when I said elite, I think that was a good barometer where if somebody put any one of those twenty one as their number one, I wouldn't really be kinda surprised. Yeah. Um, I, I I see all twenty one as having a possibility of being a number one candidate. Uh, Fujinami, I, I I do think kind of the one thing for me when I had him at twenty one as I guess the last of the elite is maybe that lack of the f- ultimate five star match. Well, as a singles, as yeah. a singles,
2: yeah.
0: Um, certainly with the multi man versus the uh, eighty six and eighty four. He was in it, but just uh, the singles and I, the, the 90s stuff. I know a lot of people are still saying it's good, but I, or really good. But I, I just, I, d- I, don't think it's terrible. But it's, it's certainly not where it was. So his peak is pretty. I guess I mean we're gonna be talking about like Masawa pretty soon, and of course Masawa is somebody that I champion, but. I think if you're bringing up Fujinami's 90s New Japan as a positive, then you better be talking about Masawa's Noah run as a positive. Because yeah. I, I feel like those are pretty comparable. Maybe, probably, I would say, I prefer the Noah run of Masawa. But even so, so you know, take that out of the equation, then you're just left with Fujinami from 78 to 89 an 11-year run, and if you compare that to Masawa, 89 to 2000, I obviously like Masala uh, better because I haven't said him yet. But that's that's kind of where I see that argument for Fujinami. Like it's 90s, yeah, it's not terrible, but he's no longer elite. I don't. I, don't, I think that's pretty safe to say.
2: How would you compare the drop off to the drop off for say Ric Flair?
0: Um. Yeah, th- th- I think that's interesting. I mean, Flair in the 90s is someone that I, I guess I like more than most. Um, I, I think Flair has those performances in the 90s, just like with Fujinami, that you can point to and say, oh, hey, Flair was in this great match right here. Uh, just like Fujinami, you can. So. Yeah, I'm I've, to, I just have an little like- for Flair's 90s, to be honest.
2: I'm just having a little look down, uh, uh, my kind of list of New Japan reviews here to pick out what the high rating would be. I got one of the Choshu matches at four and a half. Um, where did you cap out on the on the Fujinami? Four st- and
0: uh, a quarter. I uh, think I like the four twenty one eighty three match the best.
2: Right. I had um. I can't. I, I I haven't got the date here now, but I think I like the um. I think it was the one from July. The, the one wondering. from July, yeah. Because, I, again, but that's, that's more of a Choshu thing for me. Uh, yeah. That series is kind of just disappointing versus the hype around it. And I just really love that feud when it becomes more of a stable versus stable thing rather than just the singles um, the singles matches. Um, but I'm just having a look now to see like what his next best um, match would be from the ratings that I gave. And um, I want to say, like, he had a good match with uh, um, Tiger Mask, was it? I want to hmm. say he's one of the better Tiger Mask opponents.
0: I mean, I liked his match a lot with Dynamite Kid from 1980. Um, but Oh,
2: yeah, that's who it is. It is my favorite, Chad. Red Pants Kobayashi.
0: Oh yeah, you and your love for Kobayashi. <laughs> I mean that.
2: Honestly, they have a re- they have a great match. Fujinami and uh, what did I give it? The four and three quarters or something. Oh, <laughs> it was a really good match. So yeah, there we go. One six. Uh, no, no, that's the Tiger Mask. It's not Fujinami. Nope. No, it was the Tiger Mask match that I gave four oh, and three okay. quarters to. Oh. So yeah, four and a half is where it kind of caps out. Apart from that gauntlet match, so. I guess, um, you know, but he's part of lots of good tags and things as well, and he can just do so many different things. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's a, he's a elite, so you're not so, gonna hear much of an argument.
2: So who was who yeah. your thirteen?
0: Koshiaki Kawada.
2: Wow, well, I have him higher, Chad. Yes. And he's my number twelve.
0: There you go. How do <laughs> we keep doing
2: that? <laughs> so uh, why don't you talk to me about Kawada?
0: I mean, I I feel like we've kind of been the main nitpickers for Kawada, and I I think a project with that, it's like, once you get down to this, it gets very nitpicky, but I'll I'll focus on the positive. I think when Kawada has his performances, some of them, I mean, I know you said that about Kobashi, like on his best night, he may be the best pro wrestler that's ever lived, but... I don't know if Kobashi's ever had as good night as Kawada in like the twelve three ninety three tag match where he's selling the leg, and Kawada in the champions carnival match versus Doc is just amazing. Kawada in the classics versus Masawa the six three ninety four and the tag six nine ninety five is amazing. Uh, him versus Hanson's a war. Uh, even his 2004 stuff, like versus Hashimoto and Shibata, um, very entertaining. Um, so he, he was somebody that kept kept it going uh, versus Muda in 2001. Still r- really good matches. Um, I mean, then the, the negatives you've heard from us, I mean, I think he's. Uh, you. Uh, it, him versus Hase, I don't think he gives a very good performance. I think there's yeah. some disappointing performances. Uh, that can be littered around Kawada. The Albright match I don't hate as much as you, but I've never quite gotten the appeal of it being, I guess, as elevated as it is. Um, yeah. So, so I get. I guess that's why he's here, and there's a couple more up above. But just, a, I mean, he's a, a tremendous pro wrestler. He he is
2: uh, here on my list as one of the kind of, not even a quirk of Big Lab, a deliberate design of mine. He's basically low-balled in the A rating, Chad. And I don't know if you want to have this conversation now or in in a minute, but um, I just think that, um, like like, honestly, his ratings here are 10 for the base, 10 for great matches, 9 for longevity and 10 for variety like he couldn't be much higher in most of the ratings but he worked literally what two places in all his career and in that in that place basically played the same role for the whole time as in like i don't know he was part of a tag team footloose and then he was part of another tag team and he was a perennial kind of challenger for the triple crown and won it
0: yeah, you know, he's always kind of the main foe. I mean, I just do think like it slightly says something about him that he never had a successful triple crown defense or a successful win of pinfall victory. But, I mean,
2: but like if you if you pick up Cuadro and then compare him to I don't know, just uh, like somebody who's really big in that A rating, like Eddie Guerrero. Say, like I think Eddie shows you a much greater range in his career of different types of things he can do. Whereas Kawada, like, just does Kawada. And obviously, Kawada, just doing Kawada is absolutely awesome. But, I don't know, I just think that if you value the ability to do different things, which I'd expect a great wrestler to do, or, like, I know, I'm just picking random guys here, but, like, just looking down my list, like, Randy Savage, say, through his career, he played very different roles. Or, like, um, I don't know. Ted say you know like his, yeah. his, his most famous his most famous moments in his career were probably ones where he was a baby face, and he's a known for being an all time great heel, and Kwada's basically just known for that one thing, so
0: I guess um though I mean the only thing caveat I'd have with that is going from junior to heavyweight, I don't see a lot of that for Japanese heavyweight wrestling. Yeah, but like how how
2: much how much would you say he was like really a junior when he was in Footloose?
0: Yeah, I guess that's the big talking point. I mean, because like with Masao,
2: uh, I can see it. Like clearly, right. he was. No, yeah, him.
0: I mean, Masawa was clearly. I mean, he was flying around.
2: But like, I, 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 I just think of Footloose as a tag team, like like any other tag team, like you know the Malenko's or. Furness and Crawford or any other dudes that were around at that time, they're just a tag team. Right, like they work the Fantastics, right, and people like that. So, yeah, and like they were they were having matches against Hanson and so on. So, I don't know. I think
0: it it definitely depends on how you sort of view that.
2: So, but I do give him credit for that. Right, I mean he's twelve, you know. I mean it's not. Oh yeah, care. I
0: mean I mean I haven't thirteen. So.
2: But I guess some like some people would. Like say he should be one, two, three,
0: you know. I think I mean I think he'll be top ten overall.
2: I'd, I'd really... be I'd be very surprised if he didn't finish top ten. Yeah. Um. All right. So who is your twelve?
0: <laughs> Terry Font.
2: Ooh. Okay. Care to talk about this? Uh, oh no 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 actually we'll wait. We'll, we'll wait because he's definitely higher on my yeah. list. Okay. So my number eleven then is Jerry Lawler. Who okay. You, who you had where? Uh sixteen. You had him at sixteen. Okay, so Jerry Lawler, um I'm not a huge Memphis fan in terms of the in ring stuff, I think it's fair to say. Um like of the eighty sets, Chad, um, like I haven't finished it yet, but I th- I think from the in ring perspective it's lower than the AWA set, for example. Ooh. Um, which is like I I don't know, I thought the AWA said quite a lot of good stuff at the top end. Um I just think it's as a promotion it just it caps at about four point five. Um uh-huh. and Jerry Lawler is the is the big guy, the linchpin, and he's part of loads of really memorable angles and matches and he's really good at selling and he's great at psychology and he's got an all time great punch. I mean everybody knows what Jerry Lawler's good at. Um I guess I'm basically saying like why isn't he any higher than 11? And f- for me, he's just lacking those great. I mean, he's almost like the opposite candidate to a uh, to um some of the, like to say I don't know. He he just doesn't have the. He's almost like uh say like William Regal, who's good in all those other categories but doesn't have the great matches. I like Lawler's a bit the same, but. Only he's he has got more great matches than Regal has, but uh-huh. not not that many more. So yeah, I don't know. Like, what? Any thoughts on Lawler, Chad?
0: No, I mean, I mean, he was the pillar of the promotion for what? I mean, God, how long? Twenty years, at least, and it was semi-successful. I, I mean, just the wide variety. He's somebody that has a wide range of. Defenses, I mean, somebody that wrestled the snowman in compelling matches. Um, but also has, in my eyes, that five-star match and series with Dundee. As well as, like, the funk stuff is so memorable. The, the Harley race uh, hour-long draw, the the flare angle is uh, tremendous. The stuff with Eidl and Rich. So he, he's somebody that has, the I guess, the total package. I do think I'm someone that does subscribe with the theory that I like him uh, a decent amount more as a face than a heel. Um, I kind of struggle with him as a, a the a USWA heel. ninety stuff you're thinking of. Yeah, in the nineties, I mean, the nineties is kind of a weird time for Lawler because we don't have the arena footage. Um, so while in like ninety, he has the great feud with Gilbert. It's like we really don't know how great the matches were based on the clips. Uh, when we are able to see him in longish matches in TWA and other indie promotions, the stuff is good, but I wouldn't say great. So, again, that may be unfair, but that's kind of all we're able to judge by. Um, and even, like, with the series with the Moondogs. So it's, it's kind of tough for him, but... Yeah, I mean, I I, I think Lawler's somebody that certainly maximized his potential. I mean, somebody that probably doesn't have very good athletic ability at all, and just shot it to the max and really endeared himself to the people of Memphis.
2: Yep. All right. Well, uh, who is your eleven?
0: My eleven is Ray Mysterio Jr.
2: And I had him all the way up at twenty eight. 28 which for me is a monster right for Ray but why didn't you talk about Ray
0: he's somebody that I, I think I mean I think the WWE stuff is really what helps him as far as a TV worker I mean we we've seen decent to good TV workers in the US but as far as somebody able to have longest matches that were very successful and very good I mean Ray just has stuff like versus with Batista versus Eminem and there's like a Mexican death match that I remember versus Chavo Guerrero that still sticks out. And then he had like that fantastic performance in the elimination chamber. He had the punk feud in 2010, even last year. I mean, triple mania with the main event versus, uh,
1: um,
0: he, he still, he just had, he has a ton of stuff that kind of all the all all around great, and I thought he was great when he started out, um, and he carried it over. Now I know your WCW stuff you're a little down on, right? Yep. Um, and, I mean it's okay. I mean, but I I think it's pretty telling that in 1993. He had what I'd consider a great match in some of his trios. And then, like I said, last year versus Mystico. Uh, I, I mean, I, that was around four stars for me as well. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I
2: don't have a lot to say about Ray, really. I mean, yes, I, can, I have to give him his due. He's been on TV a long time. He's been a big star. He's got lots and lots and lots of memorable uh, feuds and matches and things that he's been a part of. Um I just don't like the style of work um but you know you're like you'll never see me be high on little guys who flip about it's just not my thing and um I will say that Rey Mysterio is kind of I mean he's right next to Ricky Morton on my list there yeah and to me his skills are the same as Ricky Morton's only he's got fireworks on top of it so you know he's great at selling that's that's his that's his kind of trump card, I would say. That's what makes him a really effective babyface is his selling ability. So um, why don't we move into the top ten then, Chad? All right. Well, my number ten is Kenta Kabashi.
0: Hmm. <laughs> okay. Who's, high, who's higher for you, yeah? Yes.
2: Of course he is.
0: So I who, guess... I actually thought you would name the name that I'm going to name at number 10, but I guess you have him higher, Liger.
2: Yep, he is higher. Wow. Okay. So number nine, then,
0: <laughs> on uh, my list. There we go. I know who you're, it's you're, called. You're,
2: you're waiting for this, is it? Yeah. it is Masawa, which is pro- I know is a knife through Chad's heart here. Um, and who is he's obviously higher on your list. Um yes. So who is your number nine?
0: Number nine is somebody who, uh, well, I can talk about, uh, Kiyoshi Tamura.
2: Yeah, he's one of these shoot dudes, isn't he?
0: Yes. The best shoot dude of all time. I have been, uh, even since the last podcast, Parv, I have been, uh, spending my nights going to bed watching Tamura, and I... I was tempted to actually rework my list because I I just find this guy absolutely engrossing. I mean, from another person that probably has around 100 matches, maybe 125, but from literally his first match versus Suzuki uh, up to his last match in U-Style, just incredible stuff with the shoot style i think he has the athleticism that's on a complete other level um for most of the other shoot style workers but also could be dramatic with the kicks like his feud in uwfl uwfi versus Anho. that's something i hadn't watched uh i want to give a shout out to elliot again he was doing a complete and accurate on him um and went through all the uwfi stuff and that's a lot of stuff i hadn't seen and going through the 90s and it's it's i think it's incredible and then you get to his ring stuff and i would say from 96 to 99 it's either him or kabashi is the two best wrestlers on the planet and i think that's some of the best wrestling years in ring of all time uh so to me it's those two and um his series with Volkan, incredible. His series with Kosaka, incredible. Series with Yamamoto, uh, Yamamoto, incredible as well. So I, I I find him to be the total package for a shoot style worker. Was able to draw, is charismatic, has amazing strikes, can also sell, can lock on a submission from any point, has just out-of-this-world athleticism that makes your jaw drop and how he's able to quickly transition through the moves. Uh, An outstanding worker.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so if you're curious about the shoot stuff, uh, check that out. Uh, Now, I I will say that I, I actually watch a couple of matches of his, and he does have good explosiveness, Chad. I think that's one thing yes. I would give him.
0: <laughs>
2: now, I am absolutely staggered here that I have got Liger above you.
0: Yeah, well, that is... I thought 10 was pretty high. but I've
2: got him at 9, uh, at at 8 here. Um, I, I'm surprised that he's as low as 10 on your list, Chad. I thought he'd be way higher on your list.
0: Oh, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, of course, I love Liger, but. Man, I mean, when I look at my top ten, I couldn't in good conscience uh, put him above any of the
2: no, others. Now, no, this is a, th- a thing that I need to think about with with the big lab, because now we've got down to the kind of, like, can I really say that I think uh, is a better wrestler than Masao Okabashi? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
2: but it, uh, it comes down to Liger could do more. He showed that he could work heel. He showed that he could work in very different places and get over with different audiences. So, yeah, um, Liger uh, is above those guys because of that rating. Essentially, that's the difference maker. Um, And, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later on. But, for me, the, the knock against the All Japan guys is that they are, I guess, like the only thing they've got is that. Um, And I guess your argument would be, Chad, that that stuff is just good enough to make them the best of yeah. all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a clear argument. I mean, yeah, no, they don't have variety. But yeah. All Japan 1990s, I think, is the best promotion of all time.
2: <laughs> now, I-, I guess this may be a distinction, a weird distinction I want to make. I want to say, yes, maybe those two guys, Kobashi and Masawa, are the two best wrestlers of all time. Who had the best matches, and I probably would agree with that, Chad. But for the greatest wrestler ever, you need more than just that. In my by my criteria, which is why they're there and not at one and two. Um, and Liger has got a lot of really good match. I mean, I've been watching some of them earlier on today. I watched him against uh, uh, Atani from ninety seven. That's a really good match. I watched him against the great uh. Suzuki from 94, pretty good match. Um, I've I mean, I've been watching through some of his greatest hits and things. Just a really good worker, you know. He he could uh, work, he's really good on the mat, he's really good offensively. He has long run, many different places. I mean, is there anything else to say about Liger, really? He, he can uh, express himself through that mask in... Ways that seem to belie science, so
0: right, yeah. I mean, it's facials and stuff like when, um, Sasuke trips on the ropes and the G one or Super Jacob semis, and Liar has just that cocky like, oh, "There you go, you screwed up." I mean, it's just an amazing uh, facial reaction to a botch spot. Actually, has people wondering whether it was a planned spot. It's so. Brilliantly done by Liger.
2: Sano saw match from 90, El Samurai 92. Yeah. I mean, all of these. I mean,
0: he's, he, he's got a murderer's row of just great matches.
2: So, yeah, I mean, to me, he's he. Well, he's a top. You,
0: uh, you haven't watched the Hase match from 91, have you?
2: What, the, the Liger Hase? Yeah. Maybe I have. Let me have a look. Uh, you know. need
0: to, uh, you, if you haven't, you need to bump that up.
2: Let me, let me have a quick look. Uh, I
0: think it's May 6th. But yeah, I mean, like, Liger up to the uh, Noah feud was still great. I mean, even now, he's still very good. I mean, good. Can have, your know, three-star matches when given the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I was saying earlier is that, I mean, I'm not a junior guy. I don't like juniors. Like, if I had my own way, there wouldn't be weight categories in wrestling. Like I just do away with... I just don't like the idea of... Like, I don't know. I've never been for that sort of thing. But um, Liger, to me, is somebody who seems to have weight behind everything he does. Um, and, to me, is just a heavyweight. I mean, maybe he he was down in that junior division, but he doesn't work like that. So, um, that, that would be, like, why I'm not down on him, like I'm down on a Ray, for example. So... Why don't you give us your number eight?
0: Well, I guess I know your top seven now. I just went you, through it. Yeah. And this is another guy that I'm really surprised you're higher than me on. Uh, my number eight was Negro Casas.
2: Indeed. I have him higher. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. So now my number seven, then, uh, Chad, is Stan Hansen.
0: Ooh. I have uh, him at number six. So let's hold off just a bit. Well, we can go ahead and talk about him now because I know you have my number seven higher. My number seven is Tenru. yeah, and uh, then my number six is Hanson. So let's go ahead and talk about Hanson. Yep, let's Uh, get him out of the way. I mean, I think he's a real good chance to be number one overall in this thing. I think a
2: lot of people will have him as you know in their top ten. I think he's a strong PWO favorite to finish at number one. Just a great worker. I mean, he's like the ultimate. Um, bull, I guess. Uh, worker, isn't he? Just a force of nature. Um, his matches can be in a, an adrenaline rush all time. Great brawler, could do stuff on the mat if he needed to. Great at selling, great matches. I mean, what more do you want? From, you know, good in a variety of different settings. Um, I guess the main question people would have for us, Chad, is why isn't he higher?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean I I think for me there's a couple areas where I mean we're we're in the top 7 so it's so tough but he doesn't have that all-time classic with Masawa with Jumbo or with Slaughter. And he has multiple matches with all three and those are three series where i mean I, I still think he had four star matches with all three of them actually
2: yep absolutely
0: but with i mean especially i think with jumbo and masawa i mean that's the two big guns of the 80s and 90s in all japan and i mean i, I haven't named either one of those so i obviously have them ahead of Stan. And they have the series with Stan that I would point to for that. But beyond that, I don't see either one of those two having another series that I would put up as that big of a disappointment. Maybe Jumbo with Choshu. Um,
1: mm.
0: But that that that's kind of when you get to the nitpickiness. And I do think Matt has articulated the points on Hanson uh, fairly effectively that I mean Hansen is going to do his steamroll, you know.
2: He's a bit what well, I you, you, you guess you could say he's one or two dimensional in some ways.
0: He he's certainly someone that's going to do his thing. You're not going to see him I I, I mean I, I actually think the match he had versus Vader was a pretty restrained Hansen performance. Uh, I mean, him and all Japan, I mean, he's always just going to come running out of the arena and, you know, flying through and kind of tackling folks and walloping people. That's that's just his stick in that promotion. And it's highly entertaining, but doesn't, I guess, have quite the depth of a few other workers that I have ahead of him.
2: Right. But, we, I mean, it should have meant, you know, Terry yeah, Funk. I mean he's six and seven. Terry Terry Funk uh, match in eighty three, right. tag stuff in eighty nine. Right.
0: The Kawada and Kobashi two punch combo in ninety-three.
2: Great matches. Like, I mean he's got a lot, I mean he's a ten for, oh, the, yeah. for the great match rating, you know. So you know, we're we're just right up in the elite elite now. Um so my number six, I and I think I'm one of the higher voters for this dude. It's uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah. Now, you had him way down. Uh, where, where I was had it?
0: him uh, 20.
2: 20, okay. So, I mean, like, Bok, I mean, we we talked about him on the AWA shows we did. God knows how long ago it was now, Chad. Right. But, um, and he died recently, of course, so he had the full treatment from the exile uh, on Bad uh, Street from Chris mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: But, I mean, talk about a guy who could do absolutely anything, go short, go long, brawl technical like you name like sprints like face heel he could just do absolutely anything um i actually think that nick bockwinkle may be the most complete wrestler there's ever been um in terms of just versatility just being able to do anything all-time great psychology uh crowd control brilliant heel you know, you could really just great look about him. I mean, I you know, I really love Bok, um, and I don't know if anybody will be higher than this apart from Matt. Oh
0: yeah, I was
2: going to say yeah. that. Already. I mean, Matt, yeah. he's probably going to be um, Matt's one or two. I'd imagine or one. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. It's possible. Um, so
2: but I'm. I'm. Why is uh, Bok all the way down at twenty for you?
0: So. I mean to me Bachwinkle essentially we just have his eighties and it's the AWA. Yeah. He's fantastic in that, but I, I mean, like I like other errors better. And I think other people excel better. Um, just in the error they're in. So that's why he's at twenty and not at top ten for me. Okay. It's yeah. it's really as simple as that. I mean it's it's during that '80s stuff, I thought he was fantastic, but like his stuff in Japan is pretty. Eh, it's okay. It's not great. I did like the Funk match a good bit. Robinson. Yeah, and then the Robinson match. But then he also had a couple of disappointing. Him in Memphis was.
2: I don't know. I I like the uh, Lola matches. I, I
0: kind of thought it was an odd fit, though. It didn't go as quite as well as I. thought.
2: Well, he's not—he's not as awesome as Flair is when he comes into the Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why top twenty still very strong. So, Very—I mean, he is a smart worker, for sure. If you use that term, smart—you know a smart, conscientious, scholarly worker, it's Bo So, who was your
2: six ten? Were you? Uh,
0: seven was Tenryu. Six was Hanson.
2: Six was Hanson. Okay. Well, my five is Tenryu. So, why are we talk okay. about him?
0: Okay. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's another guy that I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't finish in the top 10 of this thing overall. And uh, and now I do, I do, I think when me and you part went through the all Japan set, I think you were kind of one of the first ones that really kind of brought on the notion that Tenru kind of didn't come on late till late.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I still stand by that. I do not I just don't think he's a very compelling white meat baby face.
0: I I mean, I I do like him better in, like, 86 or, you know, 85, 86 than you do. Yeah. But I I definitely think you see it come up a notch when it really, when he drifts away and he starts teaming with Hara and feuding with Jumbo in 87. It's the revolution. Right. The revolution kind of brings him out um, into a complete other animal and then into the 90s.
2: Like... like, honestly, I I reckon that one of the reasons for that is because a lot of guys would be going to that stuff, loving Tenryu already from his 90s persona, and then kind of being softer, like, it's just kind of a slightly different thing. Whereas I was going in thinking, well, this dude isn't not that isn't that charismatic or interesting, and then he suddenly comes alive as this tremendous kind of badass anti-authority, anti-hero slash heel tweener figure so yeah
0: yeah In his 90s I mean that war versus New Japan feud is so awesome and he is so awesome in it Um, and he just seems to pop up in these opportune times and make the most of it when all Japan had the split and he comes back and has the match with Muda and Kawada in 2000 and 2001 you know he's great there 2005 he goes to noah and all of a sudden i mean he's amazing there and a couple of tags that are just tremendous so he he, he's somebody that certainly would have that longevity case and even though he went to a lot of places that quite frankly kind of failed sws war he was toddling around and hustle but um he, he made the most of it with what he had and i think that really Helps his cause a lot.
2: Yeah. So who was your five?
0: My number five is Daniel Bryan.
2: Okay. now I think that's pretty pretty high rating for him, but I can yeah. see a lot of people having him top five. So
0: yeah, I. Uh, and if I wasn't as kind of fond of the top four, I could see him as number one pretty easily, because I've went through a lot of his stuff and. Uh, for this project, went back and watched a lot of the Ring of Honor stuff. And I, th- I find it holds up great. I, I said a minute ago, All Japan 90s is my favorite promotion of all time. Probably uh, Crockett 80s, Jim Crockett promotions. Late 80s is number two. Mm-hmm. But I really think Ring of Honor from 2002 to about 2007 may be number three. It's in there. I mean, they they had a lot of junk that was, you know, your indie. Hey, we're wrestling now, nonsense. But the Brian matches I've have just found so compelling. Whether it was with Kenta, with Nigel McGuinness, with Morishima, uh, with Roderick Strong, with Austin Aries, kind of Samoa Joe. Punk, the list just kind of goes on and on and on and I've also watched him in other indies and going back through his stuff and I thought he was really fun in Chikara I uh, thought he had some actually legitimately great matches in um, IWA Mid-South uh, the second match with Chris Hero um, versus AJ in, in IWA Mid-South so I, I just think he's one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived and then he has the WWE run which is kind of like the, uh, the cherry on top and still is a part of one of my best wrestling moments live ever at WrestleMania 30, the tremendous match with triple H of all people, uh, the match with John Cena and the match with uh, Punk pocket over the limit. So he, 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 he built to his case. He built for his case and WWE as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I guess Brian's the sort of guy that you, don't really hear me talk about that often, especially not on this show. Um, but uh, like, I mean, my own feeling is that he's almost like a kind of perfect hybrid. He, he takes like the kind of um, striking and the stiffness of the all Japan stuff. And then he takes like the grittiness of a William Regal. Cause he's got some pretty good mat work, you know, uh, Brian yeah. and, and he splices those things together. And he, I would also say he's got like the execution of a Chris Benoit, and he just sticks them all together he's like almost like a perfect kind of evolution of what you'd want to kind of um like a smart fan favorite to be I guess he's almost like custom made to be somebody that we'd all love um so yeah, and he does have he does have a whole bevy of great matches like uh that Chad mentioned there um I guess he's sixty i mean. Like, I don't know, I did my list using the the big love system, but I think even if I did it without that, he'd probably be around there just because I don't have the love for that indie scene that that Chad does and have a bit of a problem with the postmodern elements of it. Mm. Um, And I do think that Daniel Bryan is a pretty postmodern worker in, in some ways. He's very conscious, I think, about being a great wrestler in a way. Uh, right. but i th- I think you kind of i f- i feel like I want to forgive him a bit more for it because he just has so much passion for the business, you know,
0: yeah, you can see he has that desire to push himself, and I do you know with what you've heard, you do hope this is it for him
2: uh, there, there there is a a tiny bit of cutesiness in there that i don't i don't really I just not to my taste, you know, like the little things you'll throw in just to I know you could see it as being great, but I just hate those crowds so much, Chad. That I, I, I like, I don't want them to be happy, you know. So, right.
1: um,
2: anyway, um, yes, but Brian is a great, and I, I actually wouldn't, I don't begrudge anyone putting them in their top five uh, at all. Um, so that means that my well, my four is Negricastus, Chad. Okay, uh, go now, ahead. Now, now that seems very high, um, and. Like, if I would, I'll tell you, if I was doing this list not using the system, there's no way I would have him above Masao Runkabashi. Um Like, but if you factor in everything, he is another guy who's who like Liger and like, say, Nick Bockwinkle is just good at every aspect of pro wrestling. You know, he's uh, I don't know. And, I, and the, I don't think I've seen an Agro Cassis match that I've given like less than four stars to. <laughs> Um, and I was just having, having a look like through the, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know if you want to mention some more here, but, um, there's ones here by uh, the Al Dandy match is a five star yep. match. F- yep. Fantastic. The, the Santo match that you mentioned, I had yep. four or three quarters. Um, there, there were other ones too. Um, I yeah,
0: I mean, he, he has the 87 Santo match, he, and he's someone he had in my match of the year in 2012 versus Blue Panther. Had some great stuff with uh, Blue Panther after that. Has just a ton of, uh, just a wide variety of stuff. Even him versus Mystico when Mystico he, was hot it was really good. He's got
2: that coat uh, to match that I love. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I. I I don't like Lucho, as you know, but I just think Negro Cassis, you could just pick him up and drop him into any promotion, anytime, time. And it doesn't, it wouldn't matter. He's just t- tremendous. at so what he, just a great pro wrestler, um, that, and he transcends. to me, he transcends his, the style in a way. Like wow. I don't, it doesn't really seem very, he actually seems more comparable to like Steamboat or something like that to me. So yeah. Um, any other comments on Castro No, I no,
0: I I agree with that. I mean, not much more to say. He was my top drink, Lucha Worker. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he's to, in my opinion, the best Lucha Worker of all time. So. So I I, I mean, I think he has a longevity. He can brawl. He can wrestle. He has the charisma. Has the good he, marketability. I, I
2: I actually think that in the brawls, he's got a grittiness and a realness to him that I. That I actually quite like. Um, and I don't find, like, some of the elements that ir- irritate me about Lucha, I don't see in Cassis's work as much.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: there we go. Um, it, so, I. I we,
0: yeah, how, how do you want to do this?
2: Yeah, we can basically predict each other's top four now. Um, why didn't you give me, me your four? <laughs> i mean we're, we're gonna be just higher 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 we might as well just do it okay yeah so.
0: my uh number four is jumbo saruda
2: okay well i've got him higher chath yeah because he's my number
0: three. Oh, he's your number three see i actually uh filled in your stuff and i had him at number two
2: yeah jumbo is my number three and mm-hmm. um i mean i don't know i did a whole show with Stephen graham putting forward the case for jumbo <laughs> For a long time, I thought he might end up as my number one. I just think he's got—I mean, he's got a list of great matches as long as your arm. Huge. i mean, I don't like—I just don't get the like the anti jumbo case from the Dillons and the Schneiders. Like, I, I mean, yes, he slows down a bit in that early part of the eighties, but he yeah,
0: still I, I, I was of, actually going to defend that a little bit though. Like, I don't—I I mean, if you look at his Great. I mean, okay, maybe it's again going from great matches, but let's just take his eighty to eighty-four. He has the race match. He has the Flair series. He has the Dick Slater Champions Carnival match.
2: He's got more great matches than Fujinami does in the same period.
0: Uh, you might get it. A- <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but I. What he, say- he does?
2: I mean, we we I, I went through them, and the best his best match is the Gauntlet. So, yeah.
0: oh, that could be dangerous. Well, but let's just say, okay, let's just say, like
2: in that eighty to eighty-five period, I'm talking about in that. Yeah, just, like
0: Jumbo, Jumbo's career is what seventy, what five to 92?
2: 73
0: But we got but a decent sampling of tape on him starting when five? Seventy five, Yeah, yeah. So seventeen years. So, if in the 17 year gap, if this is his worst four years to compare to like Fujinami, that would be from 78 to 95. Well, I would definitely take Jumbo's 80 to 84 or 85 or whatever to fujinami's 90
2: to 95 yeah i mean i'll just call it i just call it like i see it here chad and i mean i i guess with with, with these sorts of things you're gonna get into trouble sometimes but yeah
0: well i mean it, i don't it, think it, fujinami if, has as good a match as the 83 flair match it, I, just, if, I don't
2: but if i'm being honest like the, the schneider the, the schneider case on jumbo basically boils down to the fact that he doesn't want to watch nwa style matches anymore And so, okay, fine, but that means like, but that if somebody has that attitude, yes, they're gonna want to watch the thirteen-minute San Hansen sprint, and they would prefer to do that than sit down for an hour and watch a long, drawn-out technical old-school match. I mean, that's all it really boils down to is that those guys are bored with that style and don't want to watch it anymore. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't really understand the. I don't really understand the. Uh, the 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 knock to the extent that they just don't even count it as part of his career, you know. Like like for those guys, his his case is Grumpy Jumbo, and that's it. Yeah, I
0: guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I find it weird that like I could see. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I find it weird with somebody like Jumbo because. It, even like Daniel Bryan, like I can definitely see how that wouldn't be to the palate of a certain type of wrestling fan, kinda yourself included, because he, I mean, he's not gonna be working many sub twelve minute matches, and neither is Jumbo. But I mean, he has so many depths to me throughout his career as tag, as the ace, as the grumpy mm-hmm. person, as working in NWA style matches, working a straight, you know, strong essentially creating the King's Road style with tin Um
2: I, I mean I, I think he's got I think he's a contender to be best 70s worker I mean yes the amount of guys on tape is fewer but once you're beyond Jim brakes and Billy Robinson I, I think jumbo's knocking on the door um, he's I mean in terms of great matches on tape jumbo's in most of them you, you know, those Funks tags I'm pretty high on, but, like, the, the Jumbo Barber tag team is really good. Like, they have loads of good matches. and it, But, again, they're matches where, yeah, you're going to have to sit down for 45 minutes. And, like, it, I just think it's a reality these days that some people have turned away from that as a thing that they want to do. They'd rather watch the 15-minute the double-juice brawl so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find Jumbo a really good worker. And I think he's. I, I
0: mean, and I find him compelling. I mean, I know. I mean, Dylan has the, I, I guess, the uh, complete, well, I what, how does he phrase it? Like a complete, just sort of vitriolic. Yeah, but I, he admits that's a weird Jumbo. hang up, though. Yeah, right? I mean, I, then that's. I. I it's just something that's just a personal difference where that's something I can't see. But that's fine. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up voting. It'll be interesting to see where Jumbo ends up because he's not going to be number one. I feel pretty safe in saying that.
2: No.
0: Um, But I, I still think he'll have a good showing overall.
2: But, I, yeah. I, bet, I mean, we mentioned those two guys uh Phil and Dylan, they are influential. There's no two ways about that. And I, I think that them being as kind of vocally down as they are in Jumbo is is definitely going to...
0: Well, yeah, and, 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 to, and I don't want that to be... Const- <laughs> <sighs> How do we want to praise? I, I don't want that to say, like, oh, you know, like they have their cult followers or something like that. But Dylan and Phil have been voices on the Internet for now for... 15 almost two decades in a lot yeah. of cases so they have that cred and that credo that they i mean you know like me and you parv have watched a lot of wrestling and i've been lurking on death Valley driver since 2001 yeah. but finding stuff like a lot of that stuff on the all japan 80s set that was new discoveries for me as well as yourself, so that's is fresh in our mind. Whereas, well,
2: well, let's face it. I mean, the the 80 sets of the are Phil's baby. I mean, it, like it's not. And Dylan has exposed everybody to all sorts of great wrestling. So that we're gonna like they are influential. Like I mean, there are guys on my list who wouldn't be there, I reckon, if it wasn't for some of the work that those yeah, guys have done. Yeah, you know? I
0: just think like yeah, I, I <laughs> want to make it clear that as we disagree with them on jumbo it's not necessarily uh, um it's, it's we're not critiquing that they're influential we're just sort of stating it i think it's a statement of fact
2: it's an undeniable factor in, right in these th- i mean, I mean it's, they've
0: it, influenced me and everyone else for sure yeah i mean the 80s you look at the 80s stuff that's came out and how well I mean the New Japan '80s—that's now a, a good many people's favorite set. I mean, I you—I don't think you would ever have heard that ten years ago. That '1980s New Japan was no. the one of the best promotions of the eight. You know, really yeah. didn't hear hardly nothing.
2: But it's also just a reality of our like little corner of the internet yeah, or any, whatever. Like, I mean, they, like look at look at, look how forcefully Will has argued for Jerry Lawler. He's done quite a lot for his. Case over the years to put him in everybody's mind as somebody to think of in these terms, and that wouldn't have been the case some years ago, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can certainly say, like, I've been, you know, influenced by Charles and the stuff on the 90s. I mean, I think a lot of it is what you're watching and what you're digging at the moment because somebody like Kiyoshi Tamura, again, as someone that's been kind of inside a quote-unquote smart community like Death Valley Driver or, you know, was lurking around these places and been on Pro Wrestling only since 2008. Tamura is somebody I would not paid attention to and even didn't really start strongly paying attention to till I got to 1997 in my viewing. I mean, I watched a few uh, years complete through and they had Tamura matches that I enjoyed, but he was just kind of like a highlight in a random match. And it was only when watching him in 97, 98, 99 that I really then wanted to dig deeper and discover just how much I really enjoyed his work overall.
2: All right. So, Chad, I think I figured out who your number three is. Yes. It's it's pretty obvious. (laughs) No, I don't don't actually think it's a betrayal of this show to put him at three, because I know who your one and two are. Right. Um, it's Ric Flair, yeah?
0: Yes, the nature boy himself.
2: Okay, so you've probably figured out who my number two is.
0: Yes, uh, the Funker.
2: So why don't, we, why don't we get Funk out of the way, and I think okay. then we'll deal with your... I don't know which way you're right, we can deal with my why one. Why
0: don't we... Uh, we'll do Funk, then we'll do my one and two, and then, and we'll, and and we'll, then we'll, uh, we'll save Flair for the main event, because this is where the big boys play. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> All right, so... Um, I mean, Terry Funk, he's number two here. I think he will be there or thereabouts on many, many lists. Um, Now, I have to ask you, Chad, what's he doing all the way over at 12, was it?
0: Yeah, 12 for me. And I'll tell you, again, it's kind of a creature of what I've been watching. And Funk gets brought up as the longevity, as a kind of a feather in his cap,
1: which I
0: think it can be at some points but I've seen a lot of stuff of his from the nineties that I just have not liked that much. Um, and, and that, that, that can seem unfair, but again, I mean, he's 12, (laughs) he's the 12th. I mean, it's not like I then think he's terrible or anything. It's just to me, if that, if, if if the good is being put up as a, a great positive for him in the longevity department, there's a lot of, ECW stuff that I haven't been crazy about there's some really great matches I mean he has a great match with Sabu uh February 1994 that I enjoy the, the only match we I, talked about earlier
2: I, I like the Sabu one as well
0: right but um there, there's also some disappointing stuff I mean the three-way from 94 ECW I think is a terrible match the 45 minute draw he has with Shane Douglas before it's not that much better. So, uh, little, little more inconsistent in the uh, in the '90s, and then in the '80s, it's just. I mean, he has the tremendous '89 run, but from well, eighty, eighty from his really from his retirement to '88. I don't know if there's that amazing supreme stuff that you would hope for.
2: Yeah, well, I mean. I don't know what really what hasn't been said about Terry Funk. I just think he is mm-hmm. like, to, to me, he's like the beating heart and soul of wrestling. You know, he's just all just tremendous. And he is like your ultimate kind of in that A rating. He's the only he's the only 10 in right. terms of a guy who can do anything. Like he's got an argument for be the best face, the best heel, the base. The, like, he, honestly, I'd put him in the best face in peril. Like he's a tremendous tag worker. The the Funks are my number one tag team.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you that. I know you said number one. Oh two. yeah.
2: I mean the, the the I figured
0: you'd put the Funks number the, one. The
2: Funks for me are the best tag team ever. Um and like he can work brawls, he can work he was the NWA champion, and from what we have on, on tape he was a really good one. Um which actually isn't a, weirdly isn't like we seem to have less from Funks title reign than from all the other guys for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just every single run he has, he makes an impact. Um, you know, he's the Puerto Rican stuff that I've seen of his is yeah. pretty good.
0: very entertaining. I mean, he's, uh, even his bad stuff from the 90s is entertaining. I think that's a testament to fuck. I, I mean, I think uh, that's an argument like Dylan has hung his hat on. And I agree with it. No matter what, I mean, if you're looking for certain pieces within matches of an individual performer – Fox going to do something in each match that you can point to and say, "Oh, that was really kind of nifty."
2: Yeah, he's and I think I actually think he's not given enough credit for being one of the great minds of the business as well.
0: Yeah, I was about to say he's a smarter worker than I think you might imagine if you just seen him like Chainsaw Charlie with pantyhose yeah. on his head, I, like if that's your frame of reference.
2: I I also want to I also want to say that he it can go from being like the crazed lunatic to like a complete chicken shit heel um, to like a baby face ace. Like I don't know of another guy who can fulfill all those roles as well as he can. And yet he, he excelled in every single one of them and the no nonsense NWA champion as well. Uh So it's kind of like, I don't know. I just think he's pretty special guy and very close to being the greatest wrestler ever. Number two. So, why don't we do your one and two then, Chad?
0: Okay, so uh, my number two and uh, number one is Kobashi and Masawa, and it's in that order. Number two is Kenta Kobashi. Number one is uh, Masawa.
2: Wow, and you built you even had a hype thread for who's going to finish.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I, as I went through, I mean, Masawa's been my favorite wrestler, and in a lot of ways, I think the greatest wrestler for a while now. Um, if I'd have done the poll in 2006, I think I still would have put Masawa 1 uh, pretty confident in that. Um, and and I, I kind of really wanted to go for somebody like Kobashi. And the argument when I started the series uh, on PWO, my, my argument for Kobashi was thinking, like, I couldn't think of one person that I thought Kobashi got... Uh, like a disappointing series with Mm -hmm. like if you if you think about things I mean he had a four star match with Jumbo uh, had a great series uh, with uh, Hanson whereas Masawa that was kind of a disappointment
2: Kabashi's got a great match basically against all of the like he's got a great match with Kawada a great great match with Masawa a great match with Akiyama a great match with Hanson with 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 Tawei. mm-hmm so he's like
0: Hase, which I mean, Masawa's match with Hase I reviewed a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't think it was terrible. But
1: yeah, the Hase match is really good. The
0: ninety-seven yeah. Hase match, and then in his Noah run stuff, I thought that kind of carried over, where he still again didn't really have a disappointing series, as you saw with the Ogawa stuff, um, and and even him coming into Ring of Honor. I mean, there was a lot of hype around that, and. It, it delivered up to expectation which was not something that happened all that often in that era um so that i thought was a testament to kabashi but so saying all that the reason he wasn't number one is as i was watching the series um he i mean his his matches with jumbo i did think were very good and the match in 92 was great but I mean Masala's series with Jumbo was just classic. Um, yeah. I, six eight ninety, I think, is a great match. Nine one ninety, I think, is an absolute five star classic. Stone Cold Lock classic. Um, yeah. And and then and that, but I'll tell you the one match that really changed the tide for me, and why I knew Masala was going to be my number one was the title switch to uh, Steve Williams. And, <laughs> excuse me, um, the Kabashi-Williams match from 1993 I like. It's kind of a bravado, macho-type match with the head drops and everything kind of starts to creep in. But the way Masawa shows vulnerability but still is the ace and sells the backdrop driver and then gives up the title to Williams in that 1994 match that puts Williams over huge but still doesn't hurt Masala. I found that the last watch, I mean, it's a match I've always really liked ranked four and a half when I went through 1994, but there was just something about that sublime, but subtle performance that Masala was executing that I don't think Kabashi could ever do that. And I don't think he quite did that when he was given the chance in Noah to be the ace. And so that's why I went with Masawa. Um, it it it's razor close between those two, honestly, but for me.
2: Yeah, um, and I mean, if 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 anything is making me slightly uh, regret the way I did my list, it is the like those two guys really deserve to be higher than nine and ten. I I think, um, and it is it is really just I have to be consistent, Chad. So if I want to give Terry Funk ultimate credit for being the complete all-round guy who can do everything, I have to punish those guys for not being able to do that. Do you see what I mean?
0: But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm the inverse of that. So, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of complement each other with that. Yeah. Whereas,
2: uh, but I mean, I don't, like, I really do. I mean, if you... I have come to love Kabashi over the past uh, few months. Like, I've I've just hit in his, like, the 96, 97, 98. Yeah. I mean, God... I, I, I honestly think that, on like I said on that post, on his best day, I don't think there's... Like, he is the greatest ever to lace them up. Right. Like, But I do agree, Chad, that I do, I do think that Masawa had hidden depths, I guess, that Kabashi couldn't... I think Kabashi's a showier worker.
0: Oh, yeah. No uh,
2: doubt. Than Masawa is. But that also means that Masawa can kind of... Like, he has those depths that i don't think that the kabashi like let's say if it was kabashi and the jumbo matches i don't think he would have had that sense of gravitas no. um so i i think Masao is a guy who can do epic like possibly no other like possibly the greatest epic match worker i guess um but i'm just looking down the list of matches here chad i mean jumbo in 90 did that six man with uh yeah. with fuji and um Tawe and Jumbo, yeah. Kawada, uh, Kawada Masawa, um six three ninety four, the the match uh, in the in the carnival with Tawe four fifteen ninety five, the uh, the six nine ninety five. I mean, good how like and then all the ones I got four and, uh, three quarters, um the uh, the other match against the Holy Demon Army from nine, from, uh oh, God, there's so many of them, Chad.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, the the tag matches they had versus Kawada and Taui, I have three of those at five stars. All, all the
2: Akiyama tags.
0: Right, and then even, I mean, you haven't, I, I'm really interested to see what you think of the October 98 Kabashi match, um, Kabashi versus Masawa singles match. I kind of, thought that was very interesting going through the years and getting to that match. Um, I'll hold off my thoughts on that, but I mean like the Akiyama versus Masawa 2000 match, uh, the 98 matches kind of a forgotten classic. I put that Masawa Akiyama 2000 match up there too. I mean, it's four or three quarters or five stars for me. One or the other. It's, it's a classic. So- now,
2: while, while we're talking about Masawa Chad and he is your boy, um, I, I have to put the criticism to you that I've heard some people say that he's, inc- that he's inconsistent in the tags. But like, How do you respond to that criticism?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Masawa, how do I phrase it? Based on what I've seen on PWO and I think of this list in general, I think you will see a reflection of showier workers. At the tip top, I think um, I think Kawada is a showier worker than Masawa. Obviously, people like Fonk and Hansen are. I think Tenru is. I mean, Tenru has the kind of viciousness and the disdain and stuff like that that you never got from Masawa. Yeah. Um, Kabashi, oddly, is someone that's certainly a showier, but I don't really know where he'll end up because some people think he's too excessive. So he, it's, it's weird that he's kind of lumped in with that. Um, but so saying all that, like how I think the temperament is on the board and what I've read in the comments, I think some of the subtlety and the restraint that Masawa shows is just maybe not as much of a point of emphasis as like I would put on that. Well, I think it's very strong that Masawa was willing and wanting to put somebody over to be the man of the promotion. I, I mean, I think you can see that. Like he, he is hurting badly in the dome match versus Kawada yeah, and he still puts it out there and lets Kawada have a definitive win over him. There, um, I mean, that's and, one of
2: the most selfless performances of all time.
0: Right? Yeah, and, and and when he does pass the torch to Kabashi, I, I, you know, that was a match that ranked very highly on my greatest matches ever, and that is just one of those like epic. Tons of spots, but to me, in that moment, they meant a lot. And you really saw Masala saying, okay, this is yours now. And Kabashi was successful until he got cancer and kind of started to break down again. And once they went to a younger generation, you know, who had to come save the day again but Masala. So at, at him in Tags is someone that I think he was willing to help. Push up Akiyama up the ladder to be another, you know, fifth person along with the four pillars in the second half of the decade when you knew somebody like Hanson was declining. I mean, I think that was integral that he started teaming mm-hmm. with Akiyama and helping him up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think, Chad, and this is another bet I'm prepared to make that you might be pleasantly surprised by Masawa's final. Rating. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, I, I didn't. I did not predict him to be in the top ten overall.
2: I, I um, think you're going to be surprised because I I think one of those thing one of these things that you that we might find a little bit as well. There's an awful lot of people voting who haven't been very vocal, and I mean I mean you know I I'm the guy who stumps for Flair and you've stumped for Masawa, who are basically establishment picks. And I've stumped for Jumbo and you've stumped for Jumbo. Yeah. And there is there is a, with those guys there is a certain amount there is a certain type of voter who just takes it as read who just thinks the stuff that we're saying is common sense so they don't need to say anything. You you, you may find that the that the the opposition is actually a, just a very vocal minority on some of those guys and that I, I don't know I'd be very surprised if Masawa wasn't in lots and lots of top fives that's all I'm saying so we'll see
0: well, yeah we'll see I'll just have to. Uh... I have, have to keep some perspective if it pops up and see yeah. I see Masala like. I just
2: think there's such a thing as a silent majority when it comes to these things. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I mean, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, those guys are great, and I. Wouldn't I think you could put Kabashi one or Mas- Masawa one, and it wouldn't. Yeah,
1: and I,
0: I mean, I think with Kabashi like to me, I really had an appreciation going back and watching him because somebody like Manami Toyota, I mean, I had her way down my list, and I can see them two kind of getting lumped together a little bit. And and rewatching Kobashi, I think it's <laughs> incredible that he goes right to the edge.
2: Well, I mean, That's, to talk talk about talk about uh influential guys i mean i could, i just think that J, uh, you know john d williams uh, jdw is a guy who's lower on kabashi than other people and he is one of the most influential guys so i get i i, I do think that you see some of that rub off a little bit on Kob- i mean that 98 match for example is uh, I, I don't know his like the fact that that's a that's more of a kind of gem type match is because he wasn't high on it back in the day, you know. So there we go. Um. So, but I my prediction would be that Masao will finish top five, even if Ooh. I. Yeah, that would be my prediction, but we'll see. Um. So my number one is obviously. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, I mean, any doubt. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody actually wants to hear me say anything more we, there was, a, there, was <laughs> this, so. <laughs> there was the five, there was the five, uh, part podcast series I put out. Um, but there's also Chad, this entire series of where the big boys play, yeah, which is his case. So go back to show one and listen forward. Um, I mean, to me, he's got everything. He's got the massive list of great matches. And is basically the only guy, apart from Jumbo, who could put up a list, I reckon, to rival the Masawas and the Kabashis. Like, I mean, I don't know whose list is longer at the end of the day. Um, but then what Flair's got that those guys maybe don't have is the huge variety list as well. I mean, I, li- I listed 50 opponents that he's had memorable matches with. 50. Yeah. Like, and so many of those guys are guys who had their best match with Ric Flair, their career highlight. I mean, if you got I'm just going down my list here. Steamboat had his best match with Flair. DBRC arguably had his one, of, like, one of his most memorable matches with Flair. Wyndham had his best match with Flair. Morton had his best match with Flair. Garvin. Garvin. Savage had a pretty memorable match with Flair, you know. Um, Vader had a memorable match with Flair. So, I don't know. I, I, you keep on going down like ten. would Oh,
0: Yeah, I mean, you could even say
2: funk. D- d- funk, Funk had his best match with Flair. Let's face it. Jumbo had a really like had a five star yeah, match with I mean, Flair. Yeah. So ten Reud. Ry- I mean, I, I mean, I. You know, you know the case on Flair. You can just keep on going, and it just like I do find it frustrating that people say, yeah, but it bugs me when he flips over the top. I was like, come on. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I, I, like, I don't think there's much else to say about him, uh, from my end. What about you? There
0: has been, uh, <laughs> a, a plot I mean, I feel like it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to be a cop out, but I feel like we've kind of set our piece on flair, um, going through the shows is the work's held up. Um, he's been the kind of the focal point of the shows we've done so far. And he's soon to be returning to our shows, and you you kind of feel his presence is missing a good bit, which is a, in some ways a testament to him, even with all the other stuff going on that's interesting. Uh, there's something kind of not quite right about Flair not being in WCW or NWA, And he has the litany of matches. He does have his faults. He certainly has held on for too long, wrestled for too long. But, uh, I mean, still, even like the Shawn Michaels retirement match, I don't think that's a bad match. Um, Well, I mean, people
2: talk about working smart. He reinvented himself and stayed on TV and... You know, started doing garbage matches when he was the, you know.
0: Yeah, like he, I mean, he was actually a really good manager for Triple H, and I mean, we're seeing now with his role with Charlotte, he's effective. um
2: He was part I, of a stable. Uh, I mean, everything.
0: he's a legend. It does feel very canon to vote for Flair in this list. I mean, I guess, do you think that has a emphasis on stuff, or it's just? Well, I mean, we know we know what Flair has to offer, so let me discover something else.
2: I I do think there is a certain type of fan who is burnt burnt out on Flair, or is fed up of him, or like I mean, one of the big guys, uh, Atani's jacket. You know, it, like there is a sense with somebody like him where he wants to find something new and novel and champion something that is off the beaten track, or you know. So, it, like, in some ways, people think it's boring. But to me, it's not about, like, to me, it's just about who's the greatest wrestler ever. And I'm happy with your answer, Chad. I think Masao is a perfectly good pick. uh, But I also think, you know, I think a lot of people will have Flair here or thereabouts. And I would also predict that Fla- Flair safely finishes top five.
0: Yeah, I think Flair will, um...
2: I think Jumbo won't. I think Jumbo's going to be the big casual. I
0: don't think Masala will top five. I really don't. I, I just think I've seen too much list of people preferring the other guys. Even, I mean, even on your wide-spectrum switches, like even if you prefer like somebody like Steven would maybe have Kawada one, maybe Masawa two, Kabashi three. But someone like uh, Case will have Kabashi 1, uh, Kawada 2, Masawa 3. So so those are two kind of uh, people that enjoy different things about wrestling. And uh, neither one has Masawa ahead you, of the you, other. you,
2: you, you got to remember all the voters, though, like like P and PF and Childs. And all of these guys are all going to vote, you know. It's like...
0: Yeah, I guess that'll... that'll uh, I
2: guess even it out, but. Brad. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I just wanted to give. I just wanted to drop in his name there amongst mm-hmm. the heavyweights. Um, it, now this has been a long show, Chad, and we're going to wrap up in a second. But do we want to mention some of the some of the guys who didn't quite make the cut, or some honorable mentions?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I had a few honorable mentions. Devil Masami was someone that. If I'd have watched the 80s Joshi, I'm sure she would have been on just because I've really liked her stuff in the 90s. That was almost a mo- enough just for that, for her to put me on the list. Um, Super Delphin, I thought was a pretty good, uh, solid guy. And going through the 90s, then I enjoyed Samoa Joe. Somebody that had a really good peak. uh I, I, I mean, there's there's a list. of got Bull Payne. That was somebody that I kind of wanted to do a personal pick on, but really couldn't justify it. I did my Ian Rotten pick, so that was that.
2: Yeah, my my big guys would be... Uh, I really wanted to rate Buzz Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Slater was another pretty good worker. that I wanted to rate Killer Khan. I mean... Like we were talking about him earlier on, but he was in like what three different top ten V D R set matches.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a good, good uh, five or ten count.
2: Yeah, put uh,
0: that up there.
2: Uh, Titans fans. Bruno Sammartino didn't make my list, which killed me. But uh, yeah. like I, he doesn't have enough goods. I'm afraid. No. Um, Kikuchi. We talked about. Red Pants Kobayashi was another guy I really wanted to try to yeah, find. Yeah,
0: I'm really surprised he didn't make your list. I well, think.
2: he just doesn't have enough Doesn't have enough stuff, really, for the stats. Butch Reed is another guy.
0: Mm-hmm. He uh, was on my short list.
2: Lex Luger, somebody we've yep, talked about a lot. Yeah, on
0: my ship, short list.
2: So Kurt Angle, I mean, he didn't make anybody's list. Uh some certain type of fan, you might look like a casualty um anything to say about angle Chad?
0: yeah I'm, i mean i think i like angle more than most but that i mean that's quite frankly something i haven't revisited in a while and didn't for this project i just I'll, found I'll, other areas to use my resources
2: i'll just tell you that back in the day chat i was pretty high on angle and i went
0: yeah i mean like in 2000 2001 i had my uh, Kurt angle it's true it's true shirt um I'd-
2: Honestly I went back and watched a, quite a few Kurt angle matches and they they suck. The honestly they're not good. that stuff does not hold up very well. I still
0: I do, I do actually like the Benoit match both from WrestleMania 17 well, and the uh
2: Rumble. I I, th- I honestly think they're absurd those matches just because like they go to they they literally do amateur stuff and it's like come on. Yeah, I, don't, I, want- I I I can't buy it I can't buy it that the Olympic gold medalist list goes toe-to-toe with like, goes
0: toe-to-toe.
2: with the Stews dungeon guy, you know, it's like, yeah. okay. Um,
0: let's, what about Shawn Michael's at WrestleMania 21. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: I, 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 I just think that angle,
2: like for somebody who has so many great tools, as Matt D would say, just never learned how to use them properly. Um, yeah basic thought those would be the main guys i would i would mention that i uh you know with people who people may expect to see on a list of mine mm-hmm. uh ricky fuaki actually was pretty close to making. yes
0: this. now he mm-hmm. uh he was one of my like last 10 as well and i think if, if we talked about Onita and fmw and he was somebody that Really, in the second half of the 90s, when FMW became one of my absolute favorite promotions, he was somebody that really kind of anchored
2: that. Yeah. I, I'm just looking uh, like down a little, like number 127, I can see here, Big Boss Man. Uh, hmm. That's for the interest of Stephen Graham there. <laughs> uh, and do you know who else is on 24 with him? Gino, hmm. Gino Hernandez and hmm. Kenzuki Sasaki. Uh, that's Hase's partner, it's
0: right? K- yes, and uh, you know...
2: Like a Japanese Steiner brother,
0: right? long career.
2: Hmm. So, yes. So anyway, uh, that was that was our uh, top one hundred. We've come to it's been a long one, Chad, for us.
0: Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is recent Zellner territory. But um, <laughs> I, I hope uh, I hope the listeners again enjoy this um, portion. I, I did think this portion was. Uh, Hopefully more encouraging overall because these were forty wrestlers that I really think my top forty that I uh, really enjoy greatly and uh, yeah I, I I found it interesting even I mean I think most of our top ten is pretty chalk um I mean, I I'd, I'd say Tamura is probably the most controversial pick maybe of both of our top tens. Um, yeah,
2: maybe maybe some people might do a double take at William Regal being that high.
0: Yeah, William Regal at 14, I think, is pretty uh, pretty stretchy. Um, I knew you'd have Martell high, but I didn't know you'd have him at 17. But overall, I enjoyed kind of hashing it out and seeing, you know, I mean, it, it gets to some minutia, but I think hopefully it gives a pretty coherent.
2: And, and we strongly encourage people to vote. If they, yeah. if they like, it doesn't matter. If you haven't seen all this Japanese crap that Chad is talking about, doesn't matter. Just vote, especially if you love Ric Flair.
0: <laughs> says, says, uh, <laughs> says somebody watching uh, late seventies MSG house shows.
2: <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I'm being facetious, of course, Chad. Right. But I'm just saying that there are people out there who feel inhibited or like they they can't vote for whatever reason. But honestly, like with with some of the dudes who are like at this point, I would say it doesn't it doesn't matter if you if you love wrestling, this is only going to happen like this won't happen again. So you might as well get a ballot in.
0: Yeah, this at least not going to happen for a long time. So you know, let your voice be heard.
2: Yeah, absolutely, especially if you're a fan of the show and love Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Yes. Uh, and uh, what are we doing next time chad it's
0: back oh to... god i can't even it's <laughs> my brain <laughs> back scrimpled. to like
2: back to 1992 <laughs> uh, uh,
0: halloween havoc uh, we're at I... halloween havoc already yes we are is that spin the wheel that is spin the wheel make the
2: <laughs> deal know okay so from that is from the sublime to the ridiculous okay <laughs> well i hope you've enjoyed this and uh, we look forward to seeing your feedback and uh, i'm gonna go and get some sleep
0: Fans for
1: all of us here at WCW Center Stage for Cowboy Bill Watts and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. I'm Jim Ross saying good night, everybody.